I know the DJ. Do you? Welcome to episode 21 of But I Know the DJ, a podcast discussing all things DJing, music, nightlife, business, and pop culture through the unfiltered opinions of host Snacks. Give me snacks, baby. AKA Janet Snacks is powered by Dope Entertainment and our sponsor, Anchor. As always, I'd like to shout out our Black-owned business of the week. The local luxury brand serves the purpose of changing the narrative of Boston that is shown in the media. While film and media tend to give an outdated narrative to one area of the city, Local Luxury looks to shed light on the overlooked neighborhoods with positivity and a quote-unquote luxury twist. The goal is to branch out into many of America's underappreciated neighborhoods and remind them that their neighborhood is luxury regardless of the media's depiction. Reach them at at Our Local Luxury on Instagram and purchase at www.ourlocalluxury.com. Use discount code. I know the DJ for 15% off. Check them out. And now I'd like to introduce our guest for this episode, formerly known as DJ Leah V, has been a staple in the Boston nightlife community for over 15 years. Her ability to read any room with bold, open format sets and near flawless mixing have earned her not one, but two Boston Music Awards for DJ of the Year, making her the first and only woman identified DJ to win thus far. She can be seen playing all over Boston at her current residencies and beyond. She's also Lord Hobo Brewing Company's official DJ. Give it up for DJ LaDuke in the building. Hey welcome, welcome, welcome. It was fun to have you read the words that I wrote back to <laughs> <me>. <laughs> Honest, I, I'm pretty known for like always jacking up the intros. Oh, that's great. Um, and I was like, wow, that's fun. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, it, it, honestly, this is actually probably one of my favorite uh bios you know what i mean i think there's a lot to boast about here um 15 years in the game alone like a lot of obviously we know a lot of people can't even make two five years 10 years let alone 15 yeah um what was your start like um i was like i was probably like 18 or 19 years old when um i started to play out a little bit more i was trying to find the places that won't check my id which i did uh, i think one of my first residencies was um felt in Boston, which is downtown Crossing, it's just like I think Suffolk actually owns that building now. I don't even probably think, makes sense. I, I feel think, like the colleges down there own. Oh, they took over. Every, there's nothing like there's Emerson no clubs left. Gyps, like Emerson Gypsy Bar, yeah, yeah. Like, or Whiskey Saigon, whatever. The hell yeah, yeah, exactly. That was gone. Yeah, Emerson, Emerson like uh, and Suffolk whatever. just. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just got it all. Go Rams. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's your alumni. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is that go, what they're using your yeah, money for? Pretty much. <laughs> Stop giving out, it to Shout out Suffolk University. Go Rams. This is Suffolk University. And you are in. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that was my first one. It was, um, it was, I, I think I was hooking up my Serato box to a rotary mixer and, uh, Jesus Christ. it was super old school and crusty. And that, that club was absolutely insane. Like, I can't believe it was open for as long as it was mm -hmm. just the way that it was operated. But <laughs> yeah, I just, um. I kind of like slowly cre like creeped into those types of places, and then I moved to Miami for three years. Oh shit! And I wasn't here, and um, I did a bunch of stuff down there, and then just decided around like 2009, 2010 to come back to Boston. I was like, you know what, fuck it, I just want to pursue DJing full time. This mm. is what I want to do. I've been, I'd been like, I started DJing when I was 13, and um, started playing out when I was 18 or 19, and then went away for a little bit, and then came back and just was like dive straight in i met frank white 
Yeah. And yeah, yeah. he was like, listen to my demo. I don't even know. I don't even know what that <laughs> sounded like back then. But um, yeah, he was like, oh, come open for me at Middlesex and uh, we'll see what you can do. And I played for him for a couple hours and we've been friends ever since. And he also introduced me to a lot of other cool people and then mm -hmm. sort of just snowballed. You know how it happens. Like yep. you find like the people that are kind of like, oh, I want to play with you or you kind of yeah. sound like what I want to do and yeah, yeah, yeah. you link with them and it's like kind of like minded and you get passed around and everybody's yeah. very gracious and cool here and um yeah that's kind of how I got started I guess it took me a long time to really like yeah. figure out what I wanted to do with this and then once I did it was all down my <laughs> down, down, interval, <laughs> interval training <laughs> up it's, down up down <laughs> you, you said something important though that um you know I think is very different in like in terms of the DJ scene now where like you were like I started playing at 13 started playing wanting to play at clubs at 18 19 yeah five six years in between where mm -hmm. I'm assuming it's polishing and just kind of bedroom DJing a obviously lot of polishing. And, and, but I it, mean but, yeah it was nothing but polishing for, yeah, yeah I mean I couldn't put I I remember the, like when I was 13 years old and like I was so excited to have turntables and I, I've saved up all my money and my mom was like fuck you I'm not buying these for you you're gonna have to figure out a way like did that set them up, put on my little, my little records that I had at the time. And I was just like, now what? No. Yeah. <laughs> I was, yeah, I, yeah. I, it took me so long to get there. Yeah. And not yeah, only yeah. that I had, you know, I had like the bunk first, like setup kit that was like belt driven turntables and like the shittiest two channel mixer you've ever seen in your mm -hmm. life. And it was just, it was so difficult and challenging and made me angry. But I think that is an important experience as a DJ. You have to experience that frustration and anger, which you mm. will probably never stop experiencing in your career because it's just constant. Yeah, yeah, But in a good way, it, like, helps shape you. But, yeah, I think, like, those beginning days were great because it gave me the opportunity to be terrible right. and learn and, like, slowly figure it out. And then I remember this DJ from that was, like, a – resident at rise and he was also a captain of one of the bhc boats i could not tell you his name right now um <laughs> but he was talking to me about djing and he was like um oh well he said this one thing about beat matching that made it make so much sense to me and it mm. was i'm very visual mm. but like the way that he said it just made it click and i was like oh my god that's ah okay yeah, i gotta yeah, yeah. go home right now and he's yeah, like yeah. nope my house is right around the corner i got a couple decks <laughs> let's go and i tried yeah, yeah. it and i was like oh my god and i was probably like 18 years old when i was like i was right there i was like right almost in the pocket but i couldn't figure out what i was doing and then he said something and made it make sense and i was like oh my god yes and then i was able to like really start honing some skills and then mm -hmm. incorporated serato once that became a thing which was yeah that's what was gonna be my next question where in that process did serato come in mm. So I started DJing and learning how to DJ in like 98, 99. I didn't get Serato until 2005, 2006. Yeah, about when it came out. Yeah. yeah. And I used it in absolute mode for like years. Mm. And like, I didn't know there was other modes. Like, and I feel like most like DJs who came up on like vinyl and CD I was gonna say that. probably had that confusion too. Cause I remember Knife and like Paul Foley also always used absolute mode and jokingly so for a long time because i think kid capri still does yeah it's the most it's the, it's the most realist yeah, 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 yeah and yeah, i yeah. get it like if that's like and then i remember frank saw me using absolute <laughs> and he was like what are you doing like yeah, yeah. switch it to, to relative like look what this does he like showed me real quick but it's it's cool how like you know you pick up little things here and there from people who are like who are now like 
people I consider my mentors and really good friends. But, you know, you pick up things here and there that like literally change your life. Mm -hmm. Cause like, what if I just kept using absolute mode? (laughs) What if I'm sitting here 15 years later being like, Oh yeah, absolute mode. Fossilized. Like literally I'm just like frozen in time (laughs) and see no man. (laughs) Yeah. And what, so you hopping in at 18 now, you know, Serato is like, Still, I feel like at that point it was still kind of a new. It was very new. You know what I mean. People what were is this? What is the state of Boston nightlife at that time? I honestly don't. I did not think about nightlife in the global way that I think about it now. Mm. I was very young. I community was not a thing. I was like, mm-hmm. I want to. I want to play gigs. I mm-hmm. want to play mm-hmm. records. I'm focused. I'm hungry. So I don't know. It could. I do know that when I started going to clubs, I was. 16 i had a fake id i wanted to go to avalon and go to all the the lansdowne street lansdowne was popping yeah, yeah. back in the day yeah, holy yeah. shit like you look at lansdowne now when it is now and like you know shout out to house of blues they right. and, you know i'm a resident there and and all the places that used to be there were great mm-hmm. but there was a time when there was like like six or seven clubs yeah every weekend thursday through sunday sometimes more than that packed yeah you'd have the sports team getting out and that crowd, and then you'd have, it, it was just like, t- it was always like crazy busy, and yeah. just a different kind of energy, and it was sad to see some of those clubs come and go, but um, yeah, I do remember nightlife being, I feel like, more energized, um, even up until like 2011, 2012, I feel like there was, you know, with the decline of the DIY scene and all the underground stuff that got like clipped and like people started to stop throwing those parties and a clo- in the closings of a ton of clubs, the landscape and the energy has sort of shifted a little bit. So you don't really see what you used to see anymore. But I know that I definitely felt like there was a lot more going on, but I was so focused on like, I want to get my foot in the door here, there and everywhere. Mm-hmm. I couldn't have told you like if it was like good or bad. I just know that when I was like, 18, 19, 20, I was like, wherever is going to let me play. Like, yeah. Who, I don't care. Felt, Vinalia, I don't even know, remember the names of some of these places that I used to play, but yeah. it was really just like, get me anywhere. I'm, I'm down to play anywhere. But I think for sure, when you look at even just 10 years ago, there's a, it was a huge shift. Like things are closing and like more chain stuff is opening up mm-hmm. in place of them. Like we were just talking about how felt is owned by a college now. It's <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. it couldn't be in the more opposite direction. Yeah. And like, where, where is Boston nightlife going with all these places? Even if they were just turned into other clubs, like mm-hmm. they're just completely closing down. Yeah. Like I more so now with, yeah. With COVID. yeah oh like, my God. Yeah, like yeah. I'm just like, please, yeah. like all the places that we play, like yeah. please no more. Like yeah. it seems to be evening out hopefully but it was scary there for a minute like yeah i like i i never really was the biggest fan of wonder bar but i did play a lot of games wonder bar, uh our producer ado threw so many parties at wonder bar yeah, he was the wonder was, bar it, king like it, right back before in the day COVID. that place was that was it yeah and yeah. like i mean like there, i had like my issues with that place but it was like so related to just like management and like the gear situations a lot of the times but like <laughs> um but that was still like a place that was important yeah, a lot of like, people started there. Yeah, and yeah. like, like Wonder Bar. Uh, what was the other place in Alston that, Harp, like, when Harper's Ferry became Bright Music Hall, that was like a huge shift. Like, because the vibe was totally different. You turned it into this like corporate venue. Even when mm-hmm. the, when Avalon became um, House of Blues, mm-hmm. like, the shift, like, 
unbelievable. Like I still walk in that bathroom and get like flashbacks, like of whatever I was on at the time. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. it's it's wild, but it's <laughs> so interesting to see how these places have either just changed completely or how they're shutting down, and how now with yeah. COVID, how much more rapidly they're shutting down, and what's going to yeah. happen. Yeah, I I get I go in these crazy rants where like. Because obviously we're in this industry, right? Yeah, we understand, and not only are you know, oh, we can't play or we're losing money, but like, kind of to your point, we have relationships with management or relationship with bartender. Like, we, it's it's bigger than that. We, to yeah. your point, as you get older, you realize the community, community. that's around it, right? And how important. That and is. so, like, there's certain manager, like venue owners, where I'm like, yo, I feel for them. Like, I'm ranting because of them. You know what I'm saying? And then even beyond that, it's like, okay, we can't play at these places. Oh, but everyone thinks that all these places are going to be back, and we can just play in them. Some of them won't be. We. Wonder Bar already went down. Like yeah. like these places that, you know, whether we can say we relied on or we love playing in them or whatever, part of our schedule, whatever, that we don't know if they're going to be there. And then it's if, and we obviously know Boston is a crazy busy DJ market. Mm. So many DJs. Yeah, and good DJs too. Yeah, and if anything, I mean, we can argue that maybe there's going to be fewer or more coming out of COVID. I think maybe. some some people I think might have hung it up. Some people might have picked it up. Yeah. Um, But... I think the venues are probably fewer and then they're probably not as open to like blow the door door yeah. hinges off. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Like, I think it's going to be kind of slow to start and like people are going to be like, Oh, like maybe we'll just stick with the mix for now and like, just make sure we yeah. can at least like just get people in the door yeah. and like get the bar running before we start. Like, once like, it happens, it's going to be insane. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. I'm, I'm ready to lose my mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I already have. So I'm just ready to just come <laughs> off the hinges completely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm, I don't even, I have fantasies about like what my first night back in like a, that's so true. Act, I'm like, <gasps> yeah, that's oh, so what, real. What am I going to play? Like we haven't even heard like, savage or wop in the club yet like people might not survive exactly. like i don't know what that's gonna be like exactly. we're talking about buildings closed. they might burn to the ground after this shit <laughs> like we don't know bitches have so been locked true. up in their rooms <laughs> clothes have not been worn there are tags unpopped there's going to be a problem when we all go back to the clubs but i can't wait for that problem. yeah i know it's I, I remember in the beginning like i remember when uh like in like july august when things were kind of opening like restaurants were kind of holding it down yeah oh and it was I, such and, a good Time. And I and I remember like <laughs> I was like everyone's gonna be fucking mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. like it, it, at that point it was like three months where like we were like really locked down and I was like yo like imagine three months like you don't see fucking anybody and then you're at a club now you're surrounded by people like the first person you see like you're fucking them, you yeah know what I mean? it's gonna like, be <laughs> I've heard like crazy crazy stories of uh, quarantine online dating which sounds horrible horrendous and scary more so than it is in general I I've never really partaken in the online dating thing because it scares me um and bitches are fraudulent <laughs> i'm sorry as a woman i'm gonna say it the filter thing is really confusing mm. not hey. only that now you have masks a lot happens between here your nose and your chin a, a lot, lot. I, a girl lot. Some, girl I love some all of teeth. you but a lot you happens I mean? it's fine like whatever it is but oh, it's like you God. you know <laughs> Like, I'm between the mass and the filtering. Yeah. I don't know what's happening. I just want to meet somebody in real life. But, like, I've heard some stories. I'm like, aren't you afraid? Like, do you know where that person's been? Do you, like, share? Do you get COVID tests before you hook mm -hmm. up? Like, yeah. what's happening? I don't yeah. get it. It's it's just everything is so scary. I'm just like, I'll stay home. This is the first place I've gone in a while. We're welcome. Welcome. Yeah. They've great. implemented, like, the FaceTime dating, too, where it's like now it's mm -hmm. like an option. 
Like, and, and, and I don't, and I'm not a big FaceTime guy, period. I almost just like spit everything out. <laughs> I'm not a big FaceTime guy, period. Like if, like if, if I pick up like your unsolicited FaceTime, like you're either family yeah. or like close, close, I would never close, do a date. Friend. I'm already like, yeah. these Zoom interviews, yeah. no. I'm yeah, not yeah. having a job interview on a FaceTime. Could not be more awkward. Yeah, yeah. I just like, I don't even understand that whole, like it just seems so uh, like forced. Mm-hmm. It works for some people, like- no judgments. I'm not. Yeah, yeah. Not judging anyone. I personally. It's it kind of wild. It just scares me a little, a little bit. A little wild. People yeah. scare me. Yeah, I had. A, <laughs> I, I know one time a girl like mentioned it to me, like we we're texting or whatever, and she was like, "Oh, like, like, what if what if we have our like ha 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 quarantine like Facetime day?" And I'm like, "That's not funny." <laughs> I'm like, because it's not fucking happening. <laughs> a quarantine FaceTime. I can't even believe the words that come out of my mouth. Yeah, I, I, like, I can't wait till Different we don't time. have to talk about Different this. Different time. It's just like in the textbooks. Fast forward. To, yeah. Like, I want to fast forward through this this bullshit because I, I don't <laughs> ever want to say these words again unless we're talking about, hey, remember when that was happening? Yeah, yeah. That was hilarious. Yeah, I mean, now <laughs> I, I can't keep up with the last week of news, but I think I haven't watched. things. Because the initial headline was Massachusetts, like Baker let, let Massachusetts uh, restaurants, bars, lounges. Is he I, have doing, is, I, I haven't, maybe we should fact check that because I swear to God it's changed like every other day. Yeah. He's also done the industry dirty. Governor, oh. ba- I'll say that to everybody who's listening. Governor Baker <laughs> can go fuck himself because he has not taken care of the industry. At all. I don't, I'm sick of seeing my friends have COVID scares because, you know, you like, it's just, it's absolutely insane. And it, they, he has not done, I, I think, enough or enough in a like timely fashion to help anyone that's yeah. in this industry. But he wants everyone to stay open, but he doesn't want to give them the vaccine. Yeah, it, it it's like super inconsistent, and you know, it, it there's so many things that like make no sense. I mean, the whole like it just sounds like it's delaying everything. Honestly, it's but it's, it's just like why? Day. Like I really wonder what like what happens in those meetings. Yeah, you know like what, I mean? what what's the difference between. I don't know. It's just, it just seems weird that they want everything to open up, but they're not considering that there are people here that we have to sort of consider frontline workers at that point because they're coming face to face with people and having to touch things and touch people. And there's no hundred percent safe way to do any of this. Mm. And like all the places that have been like low key having parties, not going to say what, but like, that's also kind of like fucked up too. Like I want to go back to work but I don't want to make it so that it's just going to be a longer Mm -hmm. drawn out situation. Like just chill the fuck out for a minute. Let's get this all in order and then let's get back to it. Like, do you think, cause, cause what I was thinking of was like January 2nd to like March 3rd, like shut it down, like shut everything like lights out. If that meant we had a summer. I would do it in a heartbeat. Yeah. Are you kidding yeah. me? I don't care. Because it's cold already. I'm not going out anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, anytime in the winter, if I'm out, I'm being paid to do so. Like, I'm at a yeah. gig. I go out Thursday through Saturday, sometimes a Sunday if I have a brunch. And that's my going out in the winter. I'm not yeah, yeah. leaving my house. Like, yeah, yeah. I have Netflix. I have everything <laughs> I need at home. But Snacks. that was the hard thing about the beginning of COVID was, like, to get humans to, like, look at 95-degree weather, sunny and tell oh, yeah. them to stay home. I know, yeah. but then you, but then you get the it's you know it was a fucking tornado today. Like you know what I mean. Like then it's e- it becomes a little bit easier. Yeah. People are more likely. People are like chilling out. Yeah, and, like, more places became like available for takeout. So yep. you know at least there's that. Like people are able to like do something during this. But it just seemed all very confusing to me to have these weird rules. Mm-hmm. But like just shut it down. Then in that case, like I would. 
I, I mean, like the government should be ready to support yeah. these businesses. Not a single dollar given. Come yeah. on. Yeah. Like, Wild. Then let's shut it down for a few months. I think that would have been a I, I think we would great have been idea. A, yeah, we would have been a little bit further ahead. January, the, February, March, all the dirt. Yeah, the, sh- the dirty, yeah, dirty ass months. Yeah, exactly. Nobody does wants to do shit anyway. Yeah. Just like fund these places so it doesn't. Exactly. Doesn't, so they can I just mean, hold themselves. Just going to the facts real quick. Uh, we have, so this is as of March 2nd. Only six people allowed per table at a 90-minute time limit is in place. 25% capacity in most places. Uh, I think. I think it's 25% and then you can, and they are open later now. So they're open till midnight instead of 9.30 or whatever. So here we have, this is boston.cbs local. Gyms and offices can expand to 50%. Concert halls, theaters, and indoor recreational facilities like roller rinks. Jesus. And uh, laser tag can reopen. Crucial. <laughs> who's, who's, who's going to roller rinks? Someone, uh, fuck, who was it? I think it was on um, Jesus and Mero talking about um, how, like, not cool bowling is now. <laughs> like, if, like, you voluntarily go bowling and, like, you're sticking your hands in, like, this fucking ball that everyone touches. Yeah. Like, the shoes and, like, you yeah, know what I mean? Gross, it's yeah. like, like, is bowling might be, might be canceled. I don't they know. They can't make me wear those shoes. They're like, you have to. I'm like. <laughs> Honestly, try to make me. What do you? Yeah, what, yeah. I want to know what you're gonna do if I don't wear these shoes right now, sir. Larger venues are capped at 500 people, excluding employees. But wait, so larger venues? So are we talking like? I would say like House of Blues performance like, venues. So they're. Yeah, because they said concert halls. So 500 people excluding staff. 500 people in the House of Blues. Pretty lame party, I guess. But it's I mean, a thing. it's whatever. As long, I mean, if something could start happening there, I know like the staff over there is like just yeah. They had to lay off so many people. It's yeah. so sad. But I can't. the The idea of having five hundred people inside House of Blues is like <laughs> almost like I don't even want to do it. <laughs> like, yeah, it's pretty bleak. Yeah, yeah, it is, and it's just like too much space. Like, and that's what I mean. Like, at that point. They I probably feel like won't even open. Some venue, exactly. Would like, let alone like, oh, hire the DJ, like, make sure, like, or it's just like, do we just like let people like be out for once and like have drinks and just like have some like ambient, yeah. whatever, you know? Yeah. I mean, they also have foundation room, and I, I guess like, we just, it's just going to be really interesting to see how this plays out. Like mm-hmm. this part especially. I mean, obviously nothing has been happening, so it's, yeah, not super interesting right now. But now that vaccinations are coming out, and there's talks of things like maybe opening up. But then they're also like, but also you can't do this. You can do this, but you can't do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, we'll go forward a step, but then go back two steps. It's almost like, just why are we even doing this? The, the best was you can't sit down at a restaurant unless you eat food. Yeah. So like I couldn't just get like a beer. Yeah. Like yeah. I had to get some like fries with it and or something. <laughs> and you think about that. It's like, so my night out is going to cost me like. When it doesn't have to. 10, yet. 20 times more than it would usually wouldn't. I'm not going to, I'm not eating. I don't want to eat at every place. I'm going to get fat and fucking go broke just trying to like go out <laughs> yeah. for a couple drinks and yeah yeah it was you can't really wild. bar hop in that situation like nope. what if you want to go you can't do that gotta, gotta stick to it it's really finish annoying. the fries finish the fries get, get the money's worth yeah get the money's worth get your appetizer <laughs> and pretend like it's like all six of you are eating like one pretzel <laughs> exactly <laughs> like, yeah yeah like what is the point so, of this so stupid it uh, makes you not want to go out which yeah. is i'm like hmm. was that was that the well thing? yeah exactly yeah like make it so <laughs> make it so whack that it's like i might then, as well just stay home which you know honestly Bravo, because I fucking worked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but then, but then there was like, I remember, I remember during the holidays where I was like, oh, you can't have more than ten people just like in your crib or like at your apartment or whatever, and and it's like at that point it's like, cause cause there was a point where I was like, okay, like fuck going out to the restaurants and stuff. Like I stopped after my birthday. I like didn't go out to eat ever because I was like, I can just have people over that yeah. I trust and 
pizza rolls and keep it pushing and yeah. stuff. And then they was like, yeah, like no more than X amount of people. And I'm like, like let me do something. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm like not trying to have ten people in my house anyway. That's like way too many people for me. In my but I guess apartment. for the holidays though, like I oh, remember yeah, that was a big stuff. thing. Yeah, yeah. Which I mean, even that I was like. All right, I'm okay with this. <laughs> <laughs> we had a very chill holiday. Uh-huh. I was like, mm, yeah, nothing. <laughs> You're from Mass? Yeah, I'm from, I grew up in Medford. Oh, where were you? Yeah. Oh. And then now I live in exotic East Boston. <laughs> <laughs> yes and no at this point. Um, with that Miami run that you had, what was that about? Um, my mom lived down there. She oh, still where? lives down there. Um, and I just... I had come back from living in New York, too, at that point, and was back here for about a year and a half, and I was just like, eh, I want to be warm for a little while, so mm. I was, screw it, I'm going to go. So it was really just like, I just decided to do that and try it out. And were you playing it. down there, too? Or? Um, Yeah, I played a little bit. I was actually way more involved with art than I was with um, music. I did like a little bit of DJing while I was down there. I made some friends that I still know now um, that are DJs. Um, but the art scene was so vibrant yeah. that it was hard not to be involved with it. Yep. Um, a lot of graffiti, a lot of street art. Um, Winwood area? Yeah, well, area? this was 2006-ish. So this was, like, when Art Basel was still a thing, but it wasn't, like, what it is today. Right. I feel like I'm dating myself so much <laughs> with these conversations. But, yeah, um, Winwood was just downtown. It was, or, like, the design district is what they called it back then. And it was uh, a lot less going on, but a lot more, like, um, there was a ton of art studios. Um, they just like throw bars out on the street and have parties. So it's like still kind of like the same thing. But um, I'd never seen such a like that kind of art community before. Like yeah. it's like their nightlife and art scene were like intertwined. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah for and sure. I loved that. Yeah. I liked the sounds that I heard down there were very different. Like um, at the time, like dubstep was like kind of resurging yeah, in Miami. Yeah, and yeah, that, yeah, I, yeah. Never, I never really loved it, but I liked seeing it trend and like it sort of followed me back up north as i started seeing like more dubstep parties up here but i just saw like a lot of different types of sounds in miami a whole other type of style like um the food everything was so different than up here um but i still missed it i felt i felt like i was like out of touch with like the main land or something like that Mm. like like I was disconnected from everything that was going on, like the heart of nightlife, like not being close to New York or in Boston, like where I feel like more stuff is happening. It's just like, it's, it's its own world, I guess that's the way to put it. Um, but yeah, I just, I ended up going down there. I had planned to stay there for like a year or two. I ended up there for about three years and, uh, was definitely ready to come home, um, at the end of that. But it was definitely like way more of a time of, um, uh, an artsy time for me i just like got into back into like drawing and painting and Dope. and just kind of exploring that whole scene and how how involved that was with nightlife i'd never seen anything like that before like i felt like up here it was like very sort of like two-dimensional it was great like a, there's nothing wrong with that but then you went down there and it was the first time i ever saw like different things being incorporated into parties like there's a live artist here mm. like i'd never seen that before yeah like we never had any i've never seen anything like that up here and mm-hmm. and i just kept on seeing cool stuff like that and like like fashion being brought in and like having like street vendor like like t-shirt vendors and like um like artists that have merch like just out in like part of the party and it's like part of the event and like these hosts are like part of the party and then i started seeing more of that in new york too like we're like 
it, like the DJ wasn't even really the focus. It was like the rest of the stuff going on at the party. Yeah. So I thought that was really cool. And, um, but then I, I just wanted to be back here. It's like, I think I love having one season all the time, but you miss it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You miss being like the Northeast, I think has like a grit to it. Yeah. Oh You're yeah. From here. It's hard to go other places. I lived in California too for a while. And like, I was just like, Ugh. This is, I didn't, <laughs> I can't find my people out here, so like, I don't know, I don't know. It's Everyone's too clean, too clean. It's like a little, mm, yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like everybody's lying to me. Mm. Like, in Miami, too, I was like, you lying to me? Why are you lying to me? You're not being real with me right now. You know, fraudulent. <laughs> I think that's going to be the word that I'm taking away from from this episode. Fraudulent. fraudulent. Call it everybody fraudulent. Yeah, fraudulent. I, I can't, it. I can't have it in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, I love it. Um, I think, uh. You know, I think especially people from Boston or from Massachusetts, from the Northeast, have this, like, thing that, like, oh, like, nothing good comes out of it or we're not able to have our own identity necessarily. But you go to somewhere like Miami, you know, you're explaining, like, these are very distinct things that you've never seen before that is now, to your memory, like, this was Miami. Yeah. Even now, however many years, at least 10 years after the fact, and I still think Boston and Massachusetts still has doesn't have their own identity. Why do you think being in both places, why do you think that is? Where's the um, disparity? I think that Boston tries to be things that it's not. Mm. Like it has good, in it's well-intended, mm. but she tries to be too much. She's, she's forcing it quite often. Most of like most of the time I feel mm. like, but um, I think, I think that instead of just trying to like, look at like where we are, the types of people that live in this city, which is a lot of different types of people. Yeah. Um, like again, I, I still think that the Boston nightlife landscape is not diverse and not progressive, and I think a lot of that has to do with um, people thinking they can see something done a certain way and in, in New York or done in California or done somewhere anywhere, and they want to do that here, mm. but that might not work here, and mm. I I don't know how to like expand on that any further, like any more specifically, but that's kind of what I've seen. And I'm just like, why don't we just make things that are specific for our market? Like this is a transient city. You have people coming and going all the time. The benefits of that is a lot of these people make it so that the age range, it's just like, you just have the same type of people here all the time. Yeah. And that's actually like, that's beneficial in a lot of ways. Yep. In a lot of ways it can work against you. Right. But if you understand the way, like the ebbs and flows of Boston and, and what happens here every year and how, September and June are big months and like yep. very active months for us. And it's very different here than it is in other cities. It's harder here to do like what you can do in any other city at any time. Like it's easy. It's not easy, but it is much easier to, I think, throw events and have, um, have get spaces and do creative things in a city like New York. Whereas like there are not as many spaces available here and the ones that are probably won't let you have as much freedom um, everything is sort of very buttoned up here yeah. and we have a very deserved reputation of that type of energy. But, um, yeah, I mean, I've always wanted to see people push the limits, but also keep in mind of where you are. Um, and I think I've seen, I've seen a lot of really cool stuff happening and it's like the younger generation coming through is like breathing a little bit of much needed, um, life into this. And I think people are sort of becoming a little bit more aware of how much of a lack of diversity there is and like how outright racist and sexist and homophobic this city can be and the people that are holding the pens and the people in power positions are the ones that are upholding this system. Yeah. 
So the best way to affect anything like that is from the bottom up. So like mm. all like I was saying about the DIY parties and like the smaller scenes and the bar scenes, you can find a lot more like creative, diverse things happening and people sort of like trying new things and pushing the limits and incorporating all kinds of different things that kind of give different layers um, to the project or the event that they're doing. And I mean, when a place like The Grand opened up and Memoir, I was almost excited, but then I remembered, why would I get excited about something like that? It's mm. not going to affect me or I mean, my my life. And and now we're getting a background to what we wanted to talk about, which is like the bar scene versus the like the club scene. And it's like if we if we could take some of the things that the smaller parties and like the um, the bar rooms and the small like black room bo- like the black box clubs like yep. they're doing um, and how there's more of a focus on just like the talent they're bringing through and the content they're providing and like the actual substance of the night. They're thinking about that more than just like, let's throw this headlining DJ on here. We're going to get Steve Aoki to open up the club again and fucking Shaq's going to come through. And it's so predictable. Like surprise, like, like I would, (laughs) I would love to just have somebody shock me and do something any like just any different because I think that it all needs to exist in order to have Boston be a destination for nightlife. Absolutely, we have to have something for everyone. We don't. We have something for two types of people. Mm-hmm. And like mm-hmm. I think we mm-hmm. can all sit here and, and we can all say, yeah, that's fucking true. Yeah, a lot of people want to argue with me, and like think I'm I'm like a bitch for saying some of these things. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I'm not I'm not making this up. I'm seeing it and I'm repeating it. And calling it, I'm calling shenanigans. Like this is just you're not fraudulent. Yeah, fraudulence, <laughs> fraudulence the abound. Theme, the common theme. <laughs> if you're anything, you're Synergy. not fraudulent. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think it's so true. And even just to like uh, the question I just threw at you like five mm-hmm. minutes ago, like because I fight, like I went to Miami two years ago, mm-hmm. uh, not for the first time, but that was the most recent time. And you know, me and my it was just me and my boy. Obviously, we had to pay for everything because we had no girls around us. And, you know, there was one night where we go to, like, a live or an 11, like, the big, big. And then we. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on. I I think we might have to have an 11 part. Let's Let's go into 11. Wait, wait, wait. No, 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 wait, wait. Before you forget what you're going to say, put a a pin in 11. Let's get back to that. Okay. Okay. Yes, you're right. See, this is good. This is good. I need this. Um. Fuck. Okay. And then, but we were also able to go like to like Winwood area or like to like a wood tavern or, you know Lovely. what I mean? Where actually rest in peace wood as of today. I know. Um, I saw that. That's really fucking sad. I'm very happy that I was able to go. Yeah. Um, but you know, where you don't even have to pay for a cover and the drinks are crazy cheap and the vibes are insane. Yes. And like always the, good DJs. the music, yeah, the music's like unreal. And like, I, and then it was funny because on like in Winwood, like, like down the street, I'm walking away to get, I'm walking to get like this food truck, some like tacos or something, and there's bachata music blasting four establishments over. You know what I'm saying? And like to me, like me, like me and my uh, boy, like we're both Latino, so like we're like, there's something here for that too. What's going on on the same street? Oh like, and so we pop in and we're like, God damn, like this is crazy. And then we hop to Coyo Taco and there's a fucking R&B party and like, and this was all in one block. Oh yeah. And then we could have and then we could have just took an Uber back. I mean, this is what we did. To eleven and like finish the night you at eleven. You could choose your you know adventure. What I mean? Yeah, like, like you could go to eight different places. And this in was one a, block. And this was a Tuesday. Yeah, on a Tuesday. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like 
Yeah. It's it's wild to me how these things can work in other places. But they're also set up to have these. Like, th- these cities are set up for nightlife. and. Like, yeah, I mean, at the end of the end of the day, it is, like, legislation and, like, laws and stuff. So, like, yeah. and to, to your point, like, buttoned up, you know, the people holding the pens. Like, obviously, yeah. like, you know, we can't eat. There's no restaurants open past, like, one or two or whatever the fuck it is. Like, that's, like, my New York homies come through and they're like, yo, after the club was hit. Some nearby spot. Like, and I'm no, like, we, I'm like, we can't. Yeah, yeah. Wait, Moon Villa? Because that's all we can go. That's it. <laughs> like, Moon Villa. No, and then like, oh, can we take the train somewhere? No, no. <laughs> that end. That end is like at twelve thirty. Yeah. If you had to go anywhere, you should have left yeah. two hours. Yeah, ago. exactly. So it's like these are like little things that yeah, it's, just it, keep us from being able to grow and do yeah. cool shit. Do you remember when they tried to extend the tea hours and it lasted like for like two weeks and then they stopped doing it? I must have missed. They that. like tried for a minute. Was it, I, did it was it hectic those two weeks or something? I don't or? know. I didn't do it because I was like, oh, that'll be cool because I don't drive and like I'm leaving gigs. I'm like, I don't always want to like flip the bill for a car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, wait a minute. Also, I'm not getting on, I'm not getting on the T at 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning with a backpack with like $5,000 worth of shit in it and I, me I being guess. just me, just me. Like I, I, lived, I lived in New York for a year and there was nothing really quite like being hammered on a on a fast moving train. Oh at my god! Three, I used to smoke, in the morning. I'd be hammered on four o'clock in the morning with yeah. smoking a joint. Yeah. on the G train, like I was. Who was I? Like, there's something you could just do whatever you. There's want. something about it where it's there like are no rules. Where it's like whoever's there with you is there for so, for a reason probably worse than yours. Probably. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. And there's something where you like, kind of look around. It's almost and you're poetic. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, 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 like, it's like that movie moment where you're like, we're here. Like, you're the star of that moment yeah, and you're, like, you're, yeah, the leading, yeah. you're the leading fucking role in that moment and you're just like, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm just exactly. going to do this right now. Yeah, and, and, and there's something beautiful about that that we never get here. You know what no. I mean? Be- because in, in our world, the train is... I like I think of the tea and I get shivers because I just think of like rush hour and like being like sardined with yeah exactly um and it's just like you don't have those you know memorable moments with like your friends if you're spilling through the tea like drunk as fuck like you know what I mean or if you fell asleep on the train and then all of a sudden you wake up you're underground and you wake up and you're above ground but you know your train never goes (laughs) above ground and you're completely startled and like what the fuck did i do where am i and you're in like canarsie brooklyn (laughs) have to go all the way back and it's just the fucking worst yeah like and and there's (laughs) those moments build character yes yeah and and there and there's those especially like you know if you're in your like 18 to like 23 were like these like developmental years where like these are where you make the mistakes you know what i'm saying like 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 i guess we have our versions of that but it's, there's, there's things that we miss. There's things yeah. that we miss that like keep Boston from becoming a New York. You know yeah, what I mean? we could be a cool city on our own. We just don't want to like. There's just too many people just trying yeah. to do the same shit over and over again. And mm. I I will say though, it is nice to see people trying to do stuff that's like a little outside the box. And like I said, I like everything. Like to DJ for me is like, what's the vibe like? Let me let me add it. Like I don't really have like a preference of what I like. People always ask me that. Like, what do you like to play? I'm like, I don't really care. I play. I like to play when I'm told to play, and I'm like, I just like to make that set a good set, whatever that set mm. is. But like, oh weed! I forgot what I was gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know where you're I going. I fucking forgot where I was going with that. Uh, oh, that like Boston. <laughs> that boston could be a destination but i think people just have to think like a little bit differently a little bit more specific to where we are and like who who's here and i think we're also like we're missing out on a lot of people that want to go out but don't feel like they have a place where they 
yep. want to go. Like, yep. not everybody wants to listen to Top 40 EDM yep. all the time or straight up, like, mumble rap. Sometimes there's, like, people that want to hear, like, a very want to hear like new disco all night or they want to hear throwbacks or they mm-hmm. want to hear like mm-hmm. like backpack hip-hop all night or yeah. like whatever whatever it is i feel like there's enough people in boston yeah that would it, it could exist yeah you know and i just think there's not enough venues no yeah that's that's like, I, like, that's I, the problem yeah, the like, actual problem is that yeah yeah because like you know i i and especially during uh covid like i've just been discovering these like local ass people that like love and crush like this super like niche genre or like this vibe and they mm-hmm. do like because they've been like live streaming that's like all they play because they're playing for themselves mm-hmm. and i'm like god damn it i'm like but where do they fit like like i'm like, I'm like this is super dope but i'm like i don't know where you would do this yeah you know what I, mean? I mean you'd be surprised though i think um one thing i've tried to do in playing is like give people the benefit of the doubt because sometimes people like don't know what I, honestly no nobody knows what they like like I like I'll throw down like like a Fiona Apple song in the middle of a hip hop set and people be like, "Oh, shit. Okay. This goes kind of hard." Yeah, okay? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. you know, but they don't know that cuz they never would have thought of it. So right, like, right, right. you know, I, I try to like challenge people a little bit, but like not throw them off where it's like I'm clearing the floor, but I think that people are down with it. You just have to like massage it mm. into certain crowds. Mm. And I just think people have to start doing it more. Like be bold. Yes, absolutely. Like I be completely we agree. have people are okay and like will probably respond okay to like doing different stuff. You just have to like feel like any DJ you have to just feel out the room. Mm-hmm. But be bold. Cause like the worst thing that can happen is you clear a room. Who cares? Like you'll get them back. Yeah. You know, you just know for next time. Like, one of one of my favorite and this is something that like I live by as a DJ is you know, a good DJ plays what you want to hear. A great DJ plays what you didn't know you want to hear. I couldn't have said it better myself. And, and I forgot who the fuck told me that. Somebody very wise. But but I've that runs through my head like daily. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's and like, oh, I didn't even I forgot about that. Yeah, song. yeah. And, like, and, and, and there's and, and and people aren't super complex. Like mm. we had phases, whether it be when we we're kids, teenagers, whatever, where like we listen to music that probably isn't that cool anymore. Yeah. But or it's still to say though, also. Yeah, but it's still like in our personality. It's still yeah. in our inner whatever. So if you like hit that, like these people, they might be like, wait, this is not normal because this is what most clubs or parties don't play. But yeah. like I fucking love that it's happening. You know what I'm saying? And if you're able to, yeah, massage that and ease them into it and then like see that and feel that and to kind of understand how to present it and everything, then all of a sudden you have this very memorable experience. Yeah. It's just you know that people saying? don't know because they literally don't ever hear it or see it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you got somebody that's like only had vanilla ice cream their entire life mm. and they never knew any ice cream existed. Wow. And all of a sudden you give them strawberry ice cream or pistachio ice cream and it's like, <gasps> yeah. oh my God. Like, can you imagine? Like, what an analogy. But it's true though. <laughs> no, yeah, this it is. It's very it true. Is. And this is why, like, I keep that in mind and in the front of my mind when I play a lot of rooms, even if, like, you know, obviously there's some things where I know I'm like, I'm only playing this type of music and, like, whatever. But if I have an opportunity to play around, yeah, I want to show people what I can do because I am here as a DJ and I want to pe- I want people to see like why I won those awards or why I'm doing what I'm doing or why I'm able to do what I'm doing. Like I want I want to show off, like show you what I learned and what I'm what I've practiced like and I want to see you react to it. Yeah. There's only one way to try it and that's in in pra- in theory like you or in practice you have to be in there and just throw some shit at people using your the fundamentals of being able to read a room but challenge people and challenge yourself and like 
you'll probably end up with something like people coming up to you and being like, bruh. I can't believe you just did that. Yeah. And it takes that one person sometimes where like, like it makes okay, your whole night. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or when somebody comes up to you and is like, gives you the, the I liked that transition compliment. Like mm-hmm. I love when, when like oh. when the Normans come up and they're just like <laughs> the, you know, the civilians and they're just like, <laughs> dude, that transition was, I'm like, thank you for like using yeah, that yeah. word. Yeah, thank yeah, you for yeah. using a key term and, and stroking my yeah, ego at the yeah, same yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Like, I appreciate that very specific compliment, what? but I love that. But I think like, be bold. Yeah. Like, why not? Who cares? We the, have all this music to work with. The thing that gets me is like the guy like across the entire room who like perks up and just goes and like just points at me. And I'm like, <laughs> and, and I'm like, yes, <laughs> I, I'm like, you're I with me. You. Yeah, just, you're with you me. You just fed me your adrenaline. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's pumping through my veins right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm like. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, that's that, me. It's sometimes like, like not the words. It's just like the the energy that you feel across the room with someone. Yeah, yeah. Like they they're they're, they're completely on your level and yes. like they understand what you're doing. Or somebody like, runs up to you like literally yeah. like I love that. That's yeah. great. And I think that when like I hope that more DJs can have these conversations first of all, and also expand in their sets so that we can create a community of DJing here. That's like. We're gonna have people that are gonna come from other places that are gonna want to play here. It's really hard to get out of state, it, like bigger. De- it's hard. It's you got to pay them a lot more money to come here because we, nobody wants to. We were talking about this in another episode where I I was kind of on your argument where I was just like, do people really want to come here? Like whatever. But I think Ado and uh, two the two other DJs we had here, they were saying how this is one of those places that you have to play at to kind of fill that resume you do because yeah. it is a melting pot place that like if you can play or that means you can play anywhere yeah. which i definitely do believe um but at the same time like yeah you got to pay people like it's hard like it's because because at the same time it's like like new york or my like you have so many other opportunities to play to hit multiple really good places versus here it's like maybe one yeah like that that sparks your interest you know what i mean yeah it's been i, I guess it really depends too i i know that like what I do love is that I think there's a camaraderie in the industry and in, in certain parts of the scene where um, it'll be like my friend from New York will be coming to Boston and being like, I'm coming through. You got any shows I can hop on and I can hit up Knife or Frank or <clears throat> I can be like, oh, I have something you could like play with me and I'll split the money with you or whatever. I'll give or we could do a gig trade, whatever. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's been a really good way to sort of get people to come here um, just when they're like sort of coming through. But when I'm straight up booking like B or a list talent, it is like a little weird. They want to know a lot more about the venues and the the space itself and like who's doing it and like what the, there's, I just feel like there's a lot more questions because I've worked, I was a production manager at a very large venue in Brooklyn and it was not, it was a whole different experience in the talent buying process and booking process to get people to just want to go there. It was much just more like... Yeah, Brooklyn's Brooklyn. Yeah, it's just that everybody wanted to play there. It was whatever. It was like the second biggest venue besides Mirage. So it's like, you know, you, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you want to play there. Um, but here it's just like a little bit more negotiation, a little bit more questioning about weird things that I, I, I w- that you wouldn't think they want to know. But it's almost like... They're expecting, like, they're also expecting a lot, and I sort of have to come back at these people with, like, the real the reality of the situation is, like, especially if it's, a, if it's like, a new market for the artists. Like, they've never been here before. 
So this is like really just an intro market for them. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm not going to pay you a New York rate. You know what I mean? Like yeah, if yeah. nobody knows this person here. Like it's, it's yeah. like great. They're great in New York, but like nobody knows who they are here. So I'm going to have to put them on direct support for the headliner. Mm. So this is, and that's that. But it's like, you have to sort of, I feel like coerce people a little bit more. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that as much as I love my hometown, we're not really like a destination the same way that New York is. But coming back to what I was saying before, we don't have to be that. We can be our own thing. And just people would want to come here because, yeah, like, oh, yeah, Boston's cool. That one bar, like, yeah, yeah. that other place, and everybody's really nice. And, like, people don't really say that about us. <laughs> people yeah. are like, you see, like, weird things. I was watching an episode of something earlier today. Like, I think it was 30 Rock. And they had an episode where they came to Boston Oh and they man. were just like shitting on yeah, Boston. I'm, I was I'm like, sure wow, yeah, yeah. people do not look at this city like with yeah, this, yeah. with this, we, we are here and like, we see it differently because mm-hmm. we're here. We, I mean, I love it here. I have, I, you know, I understand like why Boston has a very deserved reputation, but to see it in like pop culture and the way people, and like to think yeah. that doesn't have an effect on. Oh yeah. People's like, perception. The, and, yeah, yeah, the yeah. Way, and like certain types of DJs might not want to come here at all. And some people might just like have to force it because like you said, it is an important market in a lot of ways. Because of how, I don't know, it's so close to New York. It's like what you were saying before, exactly. Um, it's just such an interesting market, very close to New York. You kind of have to come here. Yeah. But people don't want to come here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is shitty. But Where where do you think, so so we had um, a DC DJ on um, a few weeks ago. Shout out Malcolm. Um, and he was saying, you know, I one of the questions I asked him was like, how do you compare, because he plays, he, he plays here, he plays both places. Yeah. And I was like, how do you compare DC DJs and, and Boston DJs? And he said that um, Boston DJs are actually crazy skilled. Yes, like crazy, that's so true. Crazy, crazy skilled. Facts. Um, Everyone. Like he was, he was shoot, He took some jabs. He was like, you guys play your music crazy fast. Blah, blah, yeah. blah. But, but he was like, that is something like, I think you guys are just way more skilled than we are. But as far as DC goes, like we're able to create more unique and original vibes. Totally. So you're agreeing. I I, I love you to just like elaborate on that. Absolutely could not agree with that more. Um, I have been, I've played all over the country. I've lived in a lot of places. I've never seen so many good DJs as we have here. And that includes New York City. Like there's a lot of DJs in New York City, but that doesn't mean all of them are good. Mm -hmm. Almost all the DJs I know in Boston are amazing. Like, and especially when you put them up against the people that I've seen who are like the top DJs in their cities I'm like like there's some things they do I'm just like what why would you do that like Mm. and they and a lot of places do play like when I was in over in the west coast like I noticed a lot of the DJs in southern California um had they just played their all the tracks like really fast like pitched up and I didn't understand that I was like they're all pretty much the same pitch anyway so like why are you changing it it just like kind of sounds dumb mm. but they all did it and i was like what the hell and then i got on and they said the same thing like damn you go through tracks fast and yeah, i'm like well yeah. it's a very know, east coast thing yeah, yeah i'm yeah. like it's not all the time but like you're it's more or less you're creating a vibe with like small parts of the song and like how people don't know that they don't want to hear the whole song they only want to hear a little part of it yeah you know yeah they don't oh, know i run i sprint through yeah. track and like but some but obviously it's like all strategic like this song yeah has this bridge so i need to play the bridge too yeah. or like whatever it's pragmatic but it's not yeah, it, it keeps people on their toes, and like you know, yeah. you pay. You, there's certain songs you know that some people want to hear a couple verses. Song right. Peppa, yeah, yeah girls yeah. always want to hear. Yeah, yeah. You know, you got to know the songs that the girls want to sing to, yeah, and yeah. also like I only play music for women. 
Oh, not to say like that's ladies it. Ladies first DJ. Ladies, hey, no, I say this all the time. Like I'm not playing. Ladies mm, first. Sorry, DJ. sir. Like, what's your girlfriend want to hear? Yes. And you'll thank me later. So yes. Like, <laughs> my headphones about to come off. All the trappers that shit on me. All like they're like, oh, I, I don't, I don't. Oh, it's not. I don't really fuck with him. Like he. I'm like, yo, I'm sorry. I didn't play like the like locker room track or that you like bump like in the whip with your boys. That's like, not, I'm that's kind of focused here. on like my ladies around. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like you can, cause then, cause then I do like, like, especially like when like the Celtics pull up and like, you know, they want to hear like their locker room tracks or yeah. whatever, which I get. Hey. And like, you know, got to play a song or two for the, for the team, whatever. And I play it and then they're just not nah, dancing. They're just, and they're just bumping because and, and then, then the girls are sitting there like, yeah. And then they realize that like, they realize that like it, it was actually like a terrible request. Because like oh now I'm in a place where like people actually want to have fun. See? Yeah, exactly, see? exactly, exactly. <laughs> and then I might play a song that they're like oh, but then the girls are going crazy. And then all of a sudden the phone is out and they're having a fun time. And I'm like please like just let me do my job. Just let me do my job. I know what man. I'm doing here. We're not like like sitting in your living room like passing around the ox cord. Like yeah, like it, I, I tell people all the time. I'm like just because a song like you like you listen to it every day at your at your crib at your office at your in your car. Doesn't mean it's going to be a good request in the club, yeah. and vice versa. A song that you might never listen to alone, you might fucking those love in the most, club. Those are mostly you know the I mean? songs that I, yeah, hundred percent. The, the, the example songs that I, I don't give, listen to yeah. are all the songs that work in the, the club. The song, the song I always uh, give the example with is like Mo Bamba. Like if you just like sit in your like room and like and that's what you're that, listen, that. like you are psychotic. You know what I mean? Like I'm just imagining somebody like, dead ass, dead ass in like, their oh, room. Oh yeah, like, like I like yeah, 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 you know? Yeah, man. <laughs> but play it in the club and I'm going I'm going throwing balls. I'm going yeah, crazy. Yeah, that's a different mean? story. Yeah. And so that's the always the, the example I give and they're like, oh, I kind of get it. Oh, picture picture somebody who just like hits blunt. Ooh. You know what I want to hear right now? <laughs> Fucking Mo Bamba. Oh, fuck. Shit. Bitch. That's excellent. But yeah, I mean, I think there's, I think there's very skilled DJs, but we also, and this is something that we talked about in the DMs, like we're on two different quite literally sides of the bridge mm. in terms of like where we get most of our experience and, and also just our communities. Um, what's kind of like, cause on my end, I guess being, you know, I've been called a quote unquote downtown DJ. Right. And what I've experienced is like, Oh, like downtown DJs are a certain way. Like they, they just rely on the lights or like, you know, it's, it's all just the bottle shit. Like we I've don't, we don't, really we don't want that. That, I, I've heard that like multiple times from who people that it's, don't DJ it's 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 more so like like a like a it, it's been it's been people who are uh who go who like stick on like the Cambridge side like that's oh. what that's like their vibe yeah and I, I remember I met oh there was a very distinct uh conversation I had where I met this uh woman who she was like oh you're a D like you know I'm, I'm a little bit in this in the scene like I, I've been around a little bit like like where do you DJ and like you know I was naming the places that I played at which was mostly like Stewart Street like spots and she's like, and she like, oh, and I was like, whoa. I was like, whoa, what's going on? And she was just like, oh, you're one of like those DJs. And I was like, what? And she, and you know, and you know, to some people, like these are impressive places. You know what I'm saying? So like to get that reaction, I was like, I was like, sorry, I'm not following. She goes, yeah, like that that whole scene is just like it's just not real, like whatever, like the place I go, like that's like the real stuff, like. And I was just like, wow, that's that's objective. That's a pretty yeah, but 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 it, it wasn't the first time that I heard something yeah. like that. Well, that just sounds like a typical Boston hater, honestly, because there you know, there's nothing but that over here. I just think Boston is full of haters. Like, what the what? Why does she say that? Like, who cares? Like, some you know, it's like I might not like something, but somebody else does, and that doesn't make it not valid just because I don't like it. Like, who are you? 
you're nobody. Like none, nobody's anybody. Like humble the fuck down. Like mm. somebody just because like somebody doesn't like what you do doesn't make it. Yeah. Whatever, man. Just if you don't have anything nice to say, just keep it to yourself. Yeah, I w- I was just kind of sh- surprised, but I was just like, is that is that like the rhetoric? Like, is, is that know. what people I've, feel? Over, like, you I, know I certainly mean? don't hear. I've never heard like people just say that. I think that when I hear stuff like that, it's more directed at the crowd and not the DJs. Because mm. I, um, I mean, like, shoot, I know all the dudes that play down there, and they're all like, most of them are like really good friends of mine, and they're all great people, and like, you know, like. I don't, I have played a lot of those places and I have a great time and I don't feel any kind of way. So I don't know. I think like maybe when people say that they're thinking of, they're thinking very generally. And first of all, I don't like to like be judgmental like that. And if it, I if it sounded all hypocritical, hypocritical from anything I've said tonight, whatever, <laughs> but I don't like to just like judge people's likes. And like, I think I used to when I was young and I had a chip on my shoulder, but now I'm just like, man, I like a lot of weird shit and I just want to be able to like it. And I'm certainly not going to take away anybody else's like want to like whatever the hell they like. And if you like going to downtown clubs or you like hanging out at the model and with a bunch of grody ass humans, like we could say a lot of things about a lot of different places. You could call the downtown clubs douchey. You could call the Cambridge club, the bars like grimy and, and shitty and like small time. Like you could say whatever, you know say whatever you want um but i think i would like to think that (laughs) that's not a reflection of like the djs it's just like people think that that's like the general vibe like Mm -hmm. i don't know because i don't i don't um i don't feel that way and i don't know anybody that feels that way but i get i guess i can understand like that that frame of mind which i mean i don't agree with it i mean the crowds are definitely different they're different but that's the crowd like i'm not i mean People suck, so like I don't, I don't care. Like, I'm not really, I'm there to do my job, and like, the moral fiber of the crowd in front of me is like not really my problem. I'm just mm. there to do my job, and like, um, I would love to play at more like downtown spots because I just think it's fun. It's a different vibe, just like how if you were playing big rooms all the time, it might be fun to go play. Yeah. Like places like A4K and in Middlesex where you can just like do whatever the hell you want. It's nice. I had both. You know what I mean? I was a resident at Liberty Hotel for like four years. I, I it was monotonous going there three nights a week or mm. like at least having to, I wasn't there every, every week, but like any week that I had that it was like the Liberty back to back, no shade to them. This isn't their fault, but like <laughs> yeah, yeah. anyone has to go play a place three times a week. You're going to get incredibly bored. So, you know, like playing places like that, I would, die to just go across the street and play at Beacon Hill Pub. Like, I'd have a, a, a night once a month where I'd go play at BHP or, like, go down and play, like, somebody will have me on at Zuzu or something, and I'll mm-hmm. just go from making, like, a good amount of money to making, like, pretty much nothing but, like, having the time of my life. Right. Like, I would make, like, three times more what I would make on New Year's Eve than what I usually, what I do now when I, but it's, like, Trina's is, like, the funnest fucking New Year's Eve party you'll ever be at. Where's it at? It's in Somerville. It's a little dive bar. It's, like, an industry, it's, like, it's a lot of industry people. It's, like, my favorite place in the world. And I went from doing these huge, big production New Year's Eve parties, making a lot of money, but they were so boring, to, like, being on top of the bar, pouring fucking champagne (laughs) at people. Like, it shit show. Like, just having having a good time. And, like, I was, like, sometimes I just, like, I don't need all that. It's everything in moderation, you know? I think, like, why not do both? Why not do it all? Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't like that, like, narrow 
yeah. guys of like the industry and like oh well you do that so you could never do this and, and it exists in like the sub the sub um sex of like um like the techno scene and the housing i see like sub scenes like throwing shade at each other I was like when is it gonna end like we just need to just just let mm -hmm. people live everybody do what they want to do no judgments because like you don't want people like telling you what to do as far as like oh well yeah this isn't cool so you like it though but it's not cool anymore so go fuck yourself <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. but i mean that's shitty that anyone made you feel like that and i don't think that's cool and it's awfully judgmental and i mean i, th I think okay. it's my mistake to think that i just assume that like I, I had to represent everybody, which I shouldn't have done. You know what I'm saying? But um, and but it but it was just one of those things where like I would pull up to you know certain Cambridge spots like, and try and talk to people, and they'd be like, "Yo, like you're you're a downtown guy." Yeah. And, I, and I'm just like, "Yo, what the fuck?" Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? No, like, I but I'm here. A, I think there's I mean? just a lot of salty people around. Yeah. And like, <laughs> you know, I guess I mean, grass is greener on either side of it. I yeah, guess yeah, like yeah. I don't know. Um, but I do think that. There's some salty people everywhere. Like, mm -hmm. you go to both sides of the bridge, there's Boston salt. Yeah, yeah, Just yeah. heavily seasoned. It's just so weird, like, because, like, when we first connected, like, one of the things I said was, like, it's so crazy how we're, you know, we're talking about Boston not being that big, or, like, it's not, again, not yeah. in New York, whatever. Yeah. But we have never met. I know, and we're both crazy. And we're both DJs in Boston. Yeah. And this is our first time meeting everybody. I know. It's, it's, um, it's, it's nuts. And it, but, I mean, it's good... Because, I mean, before COVID, if you didn't meet another DJ, it probably meant that you guys are always working. So that's good. That's fair. It's I looked at it as a good thing. Like, very hey, fair. yeah, we haven't met because we've both been busy. And very, that's very fantastic. Posi very positive energy. I like um, it. But it's so true. Yeah, you can go years with, like, just seeing somebody and never having met them. And it's wild because it's, like, we're such a, like, I could probably be across the street from somebody exactly, playing that yeah. I've, I've known for five years but haven't met in yeah. real life. And then you finally get to meet people. I don't know. I think it's cool. I think I like everybody that I've met in Boston over the last, you know, 15 years. And, like, mm -hmm. some of the, like, best friends Yeah, I've made just through DJing and, and meeting other people and, like, meeting people in the music scene. Even, like, in, like, the live music scene, too. Like, like um, I used to, like, run beats for a lot of the MCs in Boston. And, like, I've worked with a lot of bands and even, like, expanding into that part of the world, which is kind of different than the DJ world, but we're all still really connected. Yep. And it's cool to, like, when you get to be in a room with all your friends that you don't get to see, like, when we used to do DJ nights at Good Life or, like, yep. even, like, the, like, the Boston Music Awards are so kind of, like, meh, weird and lame, but, like, it, it, it's cool to like go there and like says be a, in a room two-time winner right? i know but like people <laughs> do you know how much of a problem people have made that for me what like do you mean? they're like oh boston music awards and like you have no credibility and all this shit and i'm like dude i didn't ask for this it was given to me i didn't fucking wait, wait, wait. campaign for the goddamn thing wait wait so because you won they yeah. thought you weren't deserving of winning yeah it was just like dudes that are just I don't even want to. You think it was because you're a woman? No, I no, I don't think that has anything to do with it. I just think that dudes are bitter and like oh. they think that because like the same. And I'm I'm not in disagreement with the fact that like I think that the Boston Music Awards in general needs to like kind of revamp their yeah. nomination process and like kind of involve more of the city and more of the artists. And like mm -hmm. I when I I got nominated like nine times in a row, and I was like, come on. Like, come on. Like, I, I won two. I'm happy. Like, I would like another woman to win an award. Yep. And, like, you don't have to, like, yep. it doesn't have to be me. I'm fine with what I've done. Um, But I've noticed, like, it, it just got, like, more, the echoes just got, the echo chamber just started to get louder and louder with, like, bitterness. Like, oh, well, 
this is fixed and it's fixed. And I'm like, you know what? Like most award shows are fucking fixed. Like we can all, yeah. And like, I do think that they should change it, but there was just so much shade being thrown. Like I, somebody literally was like, Oh, I don't know who this girl is. She has no credibility. And I'm like, dude, you, yeah, you don't know who I am. Exactly. I've never been in the same room as you. You've never seen me play. You don't know anything about me. And you're telling Mm. me I don't have any credibility. Who are you? (laughs) Who am I? Like, what the fuck? I don't care. Like, cool. This, you know, you know, this doesn't even matter to anyone except maybe my wedding clients. Like nobody even Mm. really cares. It's a big deal because it's like, you know, being a woman, being a queer woman and being in Boston it's a big deal for those reasons. And it's, it's, yeah. I like to see that. And I'd like to see more women being nominated and more women. I don't want to be the only woman. Yeah. I would l- welcome all my ladies. Like, let's yeah, go. Yeah. Like, why can't we have 10 women nominated? Yeah. I, it, it, nah, I'm not going to get too, too deep into that. Hate, hate to, hate to be that guy, but we are going to go. <laughs> no, yeah, all right. <laughs> we are open. All right. You're, all right. What's great about you is you're opening every can of worms that I was going to try and open and oh, you're good. doing and you're doing it like yourself. Okay, and I'm like, good. perfect. I'm good. here for the ride. Let's yeah. do it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, let's, let, let's, let's just start from just like, like, so you won what years you won twice. So what years? 2011 and 2016. Okay. And, and then I got an improper award in 2013, which is the improper Bostonian, like the, mm-hmm. yep. the best of Boston thing. But yeah, I got two of those 11 and 16. And so, I mean, what's, what's cool about that? I mean, I would say, by 2011, 2016, two very different, like different. You know, the environment changes yeah. every so often. And so, you know, at that time, I guess you personally, like ignoring the haters or the shade, whatever, do you feel that like you were deserving? Do you feel like you did what you had to do? Like, do you feel like you, f- you felt like, like I deserve this? Like, yeah. Yeah. The, and, and so at yeah. the time, like what was going on? Um, Like why one? Yeah. Like, like, I, I mean, I guess like, were you? doing your own party that was recognized where you just booked um, out the butt where you just the best skilled like, i like, think it was like probably because i knew how to align myself with certain types of people mm-hmm. like journalists and people that are involved with things that i want to be involved with or like just kind of seeing the scene as a whole and seeing where i fit in and like kind of like wanting to meet the people that can expose me to whatever. And like, I literally said in 2009 on a blog, and I believe that blog was Mass Pike Miles blog Word. that I was coming for everyone. And I had just moved back to Boston. I was like, I don't know what all this competition shit is, but like, hold on to your motherfucking seats because I'm coming for everyone. I'll see you at the Boston Music Awards next year. Love it. 2010 comes around, Knife calls me up, tells me I'm nominated. It was great having my homie tell me that. And it was a big deal at the time because I had like done. A lot very quickly. Like, I had come back from Boston, and everybody was like, who the fuck is this bitch? Like, somebody, like, Julian uh, from Heartthrob, which was, uh, he works for Karma Loop. Mm. Um, he was like, oh, you're like that lesbian that plays hard body hip-hop. I like you. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, actually, that's kind of a accurate <laughs> If there's any it, testimonial, I'll take it. Yeah, I'll take that I'll take it. So yeah. people, I think people were just like, see, I was being very bold as I, you know, yeah. as I am. And, um... I was really just in a lot of faces and very persistent and I was throwing my own parties at the time, one at Good Life and one at Zuzu. And I think I made, I gained a lot of ground very quickly um, and very aggressively. And um, I think that back then I definitely wasn't as good as I am now, um, but I was doing a lot of stuff that people were not 
I was really going open format. You're making noise. I was stuff. really like tr- doing some like crazy shit and like challenging myself and challenging people and like um, the stuff I was doing was a little bit more unique because I had a Tuesday night weekly that um, got a lot of really dope guest DJs because of who we had on our resident roster at the time and the connections we had with artists in New York and in LA. Um, and you know, the good life thing was also like that happened like really quick and that party was like really, really successful. Um, and I did that for like four years and I did the party at Zuzu for eight and a half years. Mm. Um, so, and I was also sort of creating my own lane everywhere I went cause I wasn't getting booked at the big clubs. Like mm-hmm. I wanted to play there, but I why was, do you think you weren't? I don't know. I just think you had to know the right people. I yeah. think, I mean, to me, it's all, it comes down to who, you know, I mean, it's great to know everything, like what you know. It's good if you're a professional and you're good at your job. But honestly, like, you know that there are people out there that are not good at their jobs, that are doing things that arguably they sh- other people should be doing, but they're doing it because of who they know. Yeah. So I think that part of the business is very important, and that's where a lot of DJs miss is the business end of it. Yeah. Um, that is all of it for me, I think, now. Like, I'm pr- always practicing and always trying to be a better DJ. I don't say that I am a DJ. I say I've been learning how to DJ since... Because wow. it's, it's a never-ending curve. Absolutely. You stop learning stuff in DJ and just quit. Mm. Like, you've got to your end. Like, you shouldn't even be doing this anymore. There's always something in the I like that. I like and that. you can always learn something from somebody, whether they're a novice or whether they're a pro. Like, there's something to learn from everyone. Um, but, yeah, I just think I made a lot of noise, and I did it in a smart way. And on top of that, like, I, I'm good at it. And maybe not, I think I was good then, but I'm so much better now. Like, obviously, like if you're yeah, over time, you should be practicing no matter, like I said, you should be always like leveling up. So like yeah. if me being like very self-critical, I would be like, no, she was horrendous. But like, honestly, no, I'm, I've, I was good back then. I'm better now. But I think more or less it was, um, I knew how to charge the right channels. I knew how to market myself. Um, I knew whose hands to shake. And I think that is uh, valuable. Yeah, you know that. super important. Like, don't, like, sorry that if anyone felt un- um, bothered by that, which, okay, but um, it's like, okay, yeah, uh, whatever, man. And I'm not the best. Maybe I'm not the best. I don't think I'm the best. I don't think I'm the best fucking DJ in the world. And um, mm. I'm confident because why not? Like, mm. why wouldn't I be confident in my skills? I, I am good, but I'm not sitting here saying I'm the fucking best. Um, um, and I think people mistake my confidence for like some serious ass cockiness or like delusional shit but like that's not at all what it is but um yeah i i can attribute most of that to being a good dj and also for stepping outside the box at a time when people were just like looking they were seeing me and like i was able to get a lot of people's attention and i was doing a lot of new stuff and then 2016 i had just been like i was in excellent form at that point and it was kind of uns- I, I didn't know that was going to happen like I won the one and I thought that would always be it mm. and I just kept getting nominated and I really just stopped taking it seriously <sighs> after like five times I'm like all right like even Frank like we're all just like yeah, okay come yeah, on yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. we're like it because it does like it does come back to you and people do have something to say about it yeah. and it's like dude it's I, like perennial nomination yeah, yeah it's like, like without knowing who I am or anything about like what makes me a person people assessed things about my entire life and I was like I'm not even who 
I'm not even anyone. Like, why do you even have an opinion? Like, focus on your own goddamn life. Did you see that, you know, this particular award is like, it started losing legitimacy because you even felt that you shouldn't have been nominated for some of those years, maybe? Maybe. I just, like, I felt like there should have been something in place. Like, I even was like, can I be on the nomination committee? Like, I I feel like if you win, you should be on the nomination committee. Yeah, I think if you, like, if you win two times, you should just be... Just move on and yeah. like just be You're invited. You're just legendary at that point and just yeah, be on the nomination I, committee. Because <laughs> there's so many good DJs. I'm like, this yeah. isn't fair. I don't think it's accurate. Like I've and like there was a time that DJs and producers were in the same category. So it's not like the Boston Music Awards itself just has a, has an, uh, a weird sorted past with electronic artists and like inclusivity. Mm. Um, it's like something that's kind of been a part of their thing for a long time. And I don't understand. And I think the people that run it are really nice. Like, I don't want to sound like, no, yeah. Like, yeah but, like, but honestly, like if we're going to be really critical of this, like, yeah. Then, and I think it's, it's, it's helpful criticism if they take it, but I think yeah. that it would be, I mean, I don't think they're going to be listening to this. <laughs> I mean, well, you never know. Man. Never know. You yeah. never know. So I, and I hope somebody is because honestly, mm-hmm. and this, this goes back to like just creating a better landscape yeah. for Boston and yeah. the people in it. Like, how, like how do you how do these 400, 400 people on the committee not like i i, I, know, I don't I know it, that many. it's something like that it's something ridiculous and i'm like Who that doesn't they? i uh, they're business owners community people i don't really know it's like a, they're not it's anonymous so like there's like i really don't know much about this yeah, like this wild. is a mysterious thing to me too and like yeah, that's crazy i nobody really knows anything specific but i do wish that they would put a system in place where there were more DJs able to get shuffled into the nomination, even just like consideration. Cause like we all know Frank is a fucking dope DJ yeah. and con and, and um, super smash brothers. And mm-hmm. um, I don't know everyone, literally everyone who's ever been nominated for that category is amazing and deserves it 100%. Yeah. Yeah. But there are so many other DJs in Boston who are also amazing and also deserve it and work their asses off and aren't getting recognized. And I think if we're going to make, this an important thing then make it an important thing and make it for the actual for our city and not like yeah. nominate DJs that don't even live in Boston anymore like why is Chubby Chubb getting a nomination <laughs> yeah, no yeah. shade but no, like no, that I, doesn't make any sense to no, me yeah, I, I why is Aerosmith music. being nominated for anything they haven't been here in years since Nam probably <laughs> I don't fucking know yeah. <laughs> I mean but and, and this is even you know you were you talking triggered like uh, this thing where back to like the whole downtown versus like Cambridge or whatever we want or like big big club versus like bar thing like uh I know like we had real P here a few weeks ago who I was, love him. Or, you know recently one of the hardest working dudes in yeah. the, in the game yeah and and he was his win was kind of a big deal because he does a little bit of both mm-hmm. um and he kind of repped for like the downtown heads and like because not a lot of downtown DJs are ever nominated yeah you know what I mean? or like or like bottle service DJs are nominated and so I know as far as like every time the um, the nominations went out, it was like there's this whole, you know, to your point, this whole list of like, quote unquote, again, I hate to use the term, but that's just where we're, we wouldn't to be consistent for the conversation. Downtown DJs that like work their ass off, do a million things and do really well or whatever that are never recognized. Yeah, because the guys isn't wide enough. Like yeah. it's not a broad enough, like whoever these eyes are, they're not looking in enough places because mm-hmm. I I think that there's talent in every part, not just just when you're just looking at downtown and the bars, even everything that is around that and between that. Like, yeah. there's so much 
And I feel like out of all of these people that they have on the committee, they're all looking at the same thing. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, what's the point of that? That makes, it's like literally, why are we even doing this? Right. It doesn't right, make right. any sense when we have so much to showcase mm-hmm. and that's the thing. They want to showcase Boston. Then showcase Boston. Like, right. You could have 10 different DJs every year. You don't, you wouldn't have to repeat. Like, cause there's I, enough. I think that, I think I'm in my company, like me, Frank, the people that have been getting nominated repeatedly since 2009 before that are, would all be in agreement. We would all be fine if we were left off the bill. Actually, I don't know. I don't want to speak for everyone, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure that most of I know what you're dudes, saying. Yeah, if yeah. I know them the way I do, I think everybody would be like, great, this is awesome. We would like to see our other friends get some recognition. Even if it's just a nomination, it's still, it is cool. It does feel good, but what makes it feel weird is when it just is the yeah, same yeah. And you're thing. like, oh, shit. And yeah. it's like, it, it, it's, I mean, I look at it for what I look at it, but when you look at it from, you know, perception is reality. I get what other people see, and I, I'm like, wow, like, it makes me not want to be a part of it because, like, right. and, and though it's not, nobody, I, I don't, it's like the last two years I didn't get nominated. I was like, finally, but I was kind of, ex- <laughs> which is weird. We're like, yeah, it's like, it I mean? sounds terrible. And I'm like, I like, I'm very grateful. And like, I love what I do and I'm very grateful, but this is more just me being, I'm looking at the community and I'm like, there, there's no, re- I don't want to be up there every year. I want my friends to be up there every year. Like I want to see all the dozens and dozens of people I know that are so talented, but also like we should all put that, put the stake in it that it deserves that it's not this like, it's great and it means something, but let's not Let blow it, it up. Yeah, yeah, it's not everything. Yeah, and yeah. but I do think that there are, are things that could be adjusted that could make it like, again, like a thing that people look forward to and want to be a part of because it is actually showcasing artists because you see something new every year or mm-hmm. like you meet a new artist that you've never seen before. But the party itself is really fun. That's why it's like you get to see all these awesome people. And hang out with them on a night together. And that's what makes it great. So I'm like, ah, it's like, I want to, I have a lot to say about it, but those nights were, have always been so much fun. Like just hanging out in a room with everyone you never get to see. Yeah. All the band people, you know, in bands and all all your like MC friends and all your DJ friends and the producers and the, and the end people and staff, you get to hang out with all these people. And it's like in a, room of you're there all for the same reason and it's Mm. just kind of cool i don't know no yeah yeah i'm sure the um, energy's insane yeah but yeah i i understand where people's frustration comes from because i think everybody especially in the dj category probably feels the same um i think there's more there's more switching out in other categories like i don't know i don't like super look through them all but like i feel like all the other categories get more shifting of a artist than the DJ category. I feel like it's kind of just been the same very deserving people, but there right. are again, like Absolutely. I feel like I keep excusing what I'm saying. <laughs> no, I'm what I'm saying is factual and I'm not sorry <laughs> for it. <laughs> um, so as we suggest in the bio, the only first and only woman so far to have won the award, correct? Do you feel like a responsibility to represent? Do you feel a responsibility in general? Yeah. Just obviously I don't, and I will never know what it's like to be a female DJ. You being in that kind of position, can you just kind of speak about kind of what that's like? It's it's very, uh, it's like a dichotomy. Uh, it's definitely a polarized, weird thing where 
frustrating. I don't know. I, I, I've had like not even a, that many conversations with other women identified DJs about this because everybody has different experiences, but we can all sort of agree that the challenges behind being a woman and being a DJ are just pretty much rooted in respect and uh, treating me the same you would like some other guy like I can't tell you how many times like a dude has literally like moved me over and just started scratching while I'm playing on a stage in front of a sold out crowd this has happened to me probably like seven or eight different times like can you imagine if somebody just came up to you and moved you over and started playing over your set without really even asking can you imagine that can you imagine somebody coming over to you and making sure that, like, like assuming you know nothing about what you're doing? And, like, honestly, these days, I can understand why more production people are concerned about that because of the same kinds of reasons. But, like, being, like, explained what I'm doing and I'm like, I know what, like, I don't need you in my ear. I know what I'm doing. Like, having somebody hover over me because they think I'm going to do something wrong. And I'm like, dude, how long have you been doing this? Because I've, I've been doing this literally my entire life. Mm -hmm. And it's an RCA setup, like calm down <laughs> like <laughs> calm yeah, the fuck yeah, down yeah and like also like the bigger <laughs> thing where it's like the way women are regarded like there are actual studies that have been done about like the statistics of women at festivals women being booked at big music festivals the numbers are embarrassing yeah and like we're talking single digits across the board there are no music festivals maybe one or two but when i say they go over we're talking 12 percent is the max out of 100% of all music festivals, including Bonnaroo, including the biggest music festivals yeah, yeah, yeah. in the country and the world, Glastonbury. 12% is the highest, but 7% was about the median. That's disgusting. Mm -hmm. and, and the reasoning for this, which was also a very similar answer across the board, is that, well, there's just like no women out there, mm -hmm. which is crap, crap, crap. And then uh, you look at, like how women are, are booked based on beauty standards and not really mm. like their technical, their ability to yep. DJ, whatever their ability is. And I'm, and people are like, oh, well, you know, that's your anti-woman. I'm like, no, because it's not fair to the women who want to dress that way. Like I, I don't dress like that, but that's who's to say that shouldn't even, why are we even talking about this? Cause there's literally no beauty standards for men. There are none. Those don't exist. So why are like, I, I don't even want to get into an argument about it because it shouldn't even be a topic. Why are we focused on her clothes? Why are we focused on the way I look? Why is that a thing? Why is that all of a sudden a thing? So it's, again, it's not things that I personally feel about because I obviously feel personally like it's super fucking annoying and it hinders my career quite a bit that after all these years, I'm, I'm now what, uh, this is going to be a beauty contest that you want me to compete in because I've never been about that life. But I'm looked at as, oh, you're angry and like, oh, you got to calm down. I'm like, no, I don't want to calm down because you're treating me and all these women like fucking objects. And like, I just want to fucking come in here and play a set. Like, do you, what do you want to do? Do you want to battle? Like, what do you want? Do you need me to embarrass <laughs> yeah. you to me? Have me take you seriously? Like, yeah, what yeah. do you want to do right now? And it's so, wild how in audio, like a job that's audio based is being so. Yeah. And it's like, it, that's always, it's always um, sort of tripped me out when, the focus started to like go to the DJ like across the board. Like when you go to like big shows and like everybody's just like watching the DJ. I'm like, what are you watching? Like let's 
dance. Yeah, yeah, yeah They're not yeah. doing anything you understand. Yeah, you yeah. can't even see what they're doing. They could be making themselves a sandwich out there. You don't know. When yeah. I, I, I hope people just come up to me and like, DJ, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> That's exactly what this I This is what I've been doing. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's, there's like weird, weird uh, double standards for sure. Yeah. And it's, it's frustrating. And, um, and this is another thing that I want to see change in Boston is when I see places like still using like pictures of women to promote nights. Oh yeah. I don't, oh, and man. I don't love that. And I've been on a lot of flyers like that, but now yeah. I have a clause in my contract that gives me, oh, I wow. get, I get final, final cut for those flyers. Like if there's a fucking naked lady on there with my yeah. name on it, you have to I, pick something I, I, else. I've always, you know, and for a different reason, obviously, but like, I've always been like, yo, can we not just get the, like the, um, what's the site? Like, the stock photo the stock, thing, like, like stock, what, yeah, uh, yeah, I forget, whatever it is, but like, yeah, stupid, you know like, what I'm talking about, just like the generic photos that yeah. you can just like look up and get, like, and it's like, you, come on, transparent, so you can put it on anything, yeah. and, like, and I'm just like, yo, can we like get see, away I from that? I see some dope flyers that have nothing to do with anything. They're just like dope flyers, They're like creative just, flyers. Just make hire a designer to make you a flyer. Don't do this cheesy neon. We're like we're uh, opening a different can of worms that like, and like I, I've started doing my own events and and. It was it was me and my and my partner. Shout out Noel. Me and my partner. He is not a club guy. Mm -hmm. He is you know he does photography, does videography, does design. Like like and I was like, this is an idea of what I want, and like go crazy, and like yeah. that's how we kind of started doing our promoting, and that was what was what was cool about it. And because I was like, I'm so tired of like these stock, fucking generic, generic. Shit. And I'm like, you can make. Um, like um, shout out Malcolm again, who I'm gonna mention again for the, uh, the the DJ from DC. Like he throws his own party there, and he was doing like like a flyer was like um, it was like a it was like a Chinese takeout menu. Mm -hmm. See, that's cool. Like like you know what I'm saying? And I like and like and like conceptual shit. Yeah, that's conceptual. Like, yeah, and like instead of like you know wing ding dinner or whatever, it was like the DJs and like the time dope. and like, and that's and like, cool. And that's also something so somebody might keep. Yeah, you know when somebody keeps a flyer. Yeah, that's when you know you're doing yeah. it. Yeah, right? and 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 like I'm like this is the shit that keeps Boston from like being able to be fucking yeah. cool because it's rinse and repeat. It's the cheapest thing you can do because you're you don't want to, you know, put thought into yeah. the actual event. And that's why a lot of these events become like to to your point from the very beginning of the conversation. They're they, just stale. They're just stale mm -hmm. because you're not putting 3D. thought into the actual event. You're just like you know oh. I want this to look like this, so I'm going to put, whether it be the money, whether it be the time, the creativity. Yeah, there's only one focus. To, to, to do this. Plus, okay, now the music. I need this DJ, this DJ for this reason. and Because I need the vibe to be like, like and now, now it's just like, I need as many people yeah. in the door. You know what I mean? I got to shout out one person that I think does this so well. Uh, my friend Carrie, um, DJ Carrie Quirk. She does the ooze. And her party used to be at Zuzu, um, and now she just runs a stream, and now her stream is insane. Like, she has Clockwork playing with her tonight. Um, Mac Miller's DJ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, but all, what, is, she, yeah. what I'm saying about her is she, um, she thinks about her parties in so many different directions and, like, mm -hmm. um, layers. Like, she has, her merch game is out of control. Like, she has uh, keychains that look like Tamagotchis. mm and like shorts and hoodies, and uh, she goes all out with that stuff. Yeah, I'm like looking up her stuff right now. Yeah, I'll send you your stuff. You can't find it, but um, shout out to Carrie because I think that like she's one of the people that are really, and she comes from a, she comes from like Flavor Media, like she, that's oh, she word. got her start with them, so she comes word. from like a bigger club background. But she um, and also was she was working at Wonder Bar, um, doing their events for a long time too. Um, 
But she really thinks outside the box and she thinks about her parties um, very three-dimensionally. And you can tell down to like the flyer design, the aesthetic of the night. Because um, she has all different kinds of DJs, so it's not really a music focus. But um, branding, marketing, like she thinks about all of it. And, mm-hmm. that, and you can tell. And when you, see, when you um, have a polished product like that, it's completely apparent. And that's always going to stand out. So it's almost like maybe that's it's. I hate that that stuff exists, but also maybe right now those those, those things kind of have to exist to sort of give that contrast of like, oh, see, this is much cooler. I don't really want that anymore. Yeah, I want yeah. this cool stuff, yeah, and like yeah. this will naturally just go away. Mm. I think. I hope. I I would hope, but like it's been alive for so long. Like as far as long as I've been yeah. in the game, like I'm like, yo, it's this. It's, yo, oh, there was. There was a there was a year where I saw the same exact like flyer template on just on, pass around on, fi- on five different nights that I did, <laughs> and like to a point where someone was like, "Yo, th- isn't this an old event?" I'm like, "No, this is a new event. Just oh, the same no. exact fucking flyer, but different people, but different people." Stop it! That's and I and I and I'm like, I don't know what the site is, but they all got it. They all got the subscription to that site because they're using the same shit. That is, you know what I mean, embarrassing. Yeah, I, I w- there's certain flyers that I get where I I hit up the promoter. I'm like. I'm like, I can't post this. Yeah, no, because because I'm embarrassed. But that's a real thing. Well, you can't put your name on something. It's like when a hairdresser fucks up your hair. They don't want you walking around like that. It's like a calling card way out there in the yeah, open. Yeah, yeah. Like you gotta you gotta keep that shit tight. You can't yeah. end up uh, on. Uh, a- like I'm like I'm like guys like if 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 it's if it's cutting costs like whatever like get it fucking and like yeah. you gotta have more pride for yourself. Like this is this is bad. Yeah, there's there's always a way. There's always where there's a will, there's a way. It doesn't always have to be like oh you don't have the money to do it. Like figure out a way. Mm. work harder work smarter not harder yeah yeah yeah, yeah. dyslexia <laughs> <laughs> um who are some um you know you mentioned um carrie like who are some other like really really dope djs that if we don't know already we should be looking out for um at least locally i always have to throw it back to my my dads i love them and i honestly think they're some of the most talented djs i've ever seen like frank white knife ever Braun, con Breck one those dudes watching those dudes play makes me want to go home and practice and they're very inspirational they like um definitely from the get-go are dudes that i was like yeah that's what i want to do that's mm. when uh those dudes are around i just want to impress them like yeah, actually yeah, that's yeah. all i've ever wanted to do is impress the dudes that like taught me and yeah, that yeah. like were people that i looked up to like i just like do you guys think i'm good yeah because yeah. that's really all i care about yeah. like because they know i, I they, want the like the like big dogs to think that I can run with them and that's mm-hmm. really an important thing for me but other than them uh, also it's been so friggin long Jay Wall I love him he's the um, he uh, works out of Brass Union um, and does Druid on Thursday nights which is another like it's a little dive bar in Inman Square and every Thursday it's fucking slammed with like all it's, it's an industry spot so it's just like bartender servers other djs like ryan brown will be down there with me all the time um and we just get fucked up and jeff throws down like an an amazing open format set you'll go in from like talking heads into run dmc into like some other shit like you never know what you're gonna hear um hmm, who else the collective they're always doing cool shit mm-hmm. i gotta always give it up to them because they're just really really threw down and have like perfected the day party in Boston, like yeah, yeah. love what they do and always like trying to look out for anything they got popping off. It's more like, I just miss all these people. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, I don't yeah. like, no, I don't even, I'm not watching just, anyone. I'm like DJ. hearing your voice. Like get Saturn. Like, no, I, I kind of no. just miss them. <laughs> you know, Ryan Brown, like 
Oh my, I don't know, Salim from Bad Rabbits. Like, he's also an amazing DJ. He's my boy. Love him. Um, well, I guess yeah. now a better question is because you're naming spots that I don't, like, obviously, like, and that's the beauty of this. Like, what are some of, like, the dope spots that maybe hopefully if we get back, yeah. you know, I, oh I, I, I got to check out. I hope these all, oh, I just hope they all open. A4K. Yeah. We might get emotional. We might get emotional. Yeah. You've, have you been to A4K? Yeah. But it, it was it was my uh, primary date spot for a while. Oh, it's such a good date spot. Also, great date great. spot. I see what you did there. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I like them a lot. They just really let you do whatever and like encourage you to be as creative as possible and like literally tell you they're like don't play top forty music. Did they have a booth monitor for you guys? Yeah, because it's, it's a it's a um a K uh Karak. is it a KRK? It's a I think it's a rocket. It's like right here. Oh yeah, yeah. Because 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 it's not loud. Like it's not supposed yeah, to be. Yeah, it's not supposed you know to be. I mean? But where I'm at is loud. Uh, okay, oh no, it's yeah. a little QSC. They got the little okay, okay. the little. Because I was always like, because I would see like I remember one time I was there. I think I think Vic was there. Yeah. And I'd be like, oh shit, like whatever. And then I'd be like, but it's not loud. Like I, I was like, I wonder if they have a booth because if if I can't if I can barely oh, hear, yeah, like no, no. I, be, I bet they can barely. No, hear. they have a there's a there's a speaker right in your face because yeah, yeah. it's definitely not as loud there, but it's. Still very fun to play. Yeah, um, yeah. And people pay attention. People actually yeah, yeah, really yeah. do pay attention to the music there, even though it's not as loud. Like, well, well, well something like that, listening. like you need kind of the ambience to match. Yeah, like like what's going school, on. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I always have fun there, and you know they got a great cocktail program, which I appreciate. Yeah. Yeah. And um, Middlesex always fun, always fun, and that's like usually yeah. I'm playing there by myself, so I'm there nine to two, and I love that. And um, you approach that like that, like, like so. Like what? What uh, night of the week was it? It's usually always a Friday or Saturday night. And so when it's like okay, Friday, Saturday night at Middlesex, it's not like a like I don't know, like a throwback night. Like is it, you just walk in and you're like, yeah. I mean, from me. nine to ten, there's usually no one there. So I yeah, could, yeah. I usually would just like maybe even put on a mix and just like yeah, yeah, yeah. chat with the bartenders, grab my little pre gig drink, smoke a little weed out back. And people usually don't start coming in until way after 10. But um, if I'm feeling like playing, like, I'll throw down, like, I'll just play straight classics. Like, just play stuff I know I'm not going to really be able to play during the night and just kind of get warmed up, get mm -hmm. my feels. But <laughs> I, I, that's, like, one of those things, like, it really just depends on who's in front of me. Like, I, I read crowds really well. So whoever, I can pretty much, like, gauge the flow of the night once I start seeing people come in. Mm -hmm. And, like, that's one of those rooms I've played there so many times I know it works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And I know like the receptiveness levels of people there, but they let they let you get pretty weird, and it's a fun time. Like I've had a really good time playing there, and I also really love Trina's. Again, I love playing there. It's not even set up for DJing at all, but it's just such a shit show, and it's so fun. Um, yeah, you make it. I need. I need to. You check gotta it pull out. up. I gotta, I gotta once check it out. once yeah. uh, we go back to yeah, like yeah. normal, you'll have to come to. I'm gonna Monday. be blowing you up. I'm gonna be like, Yo, yeah. Tell me, tell me what. No, the spots. I'm gonna yeah, be. Yeah. You gotta come to Trina's with me on a Monday. Yeah. Monday. Oh, let's fucking get it. <laughs> Monday brunch is the shit. That's like industry. Oh, wow. Everybody's there, so it's a uh, it's it's so much fun. And we're just it. getting hammered all day because <laughs> you just had the weekend, so it's perfect. It's like all service bartenders, Jeez. DJs. You 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 saying you smoke before your sets like really freaks me. I I I'm not a big smoker at all. Yeah. Um. But, you know, here for Takes a good time. Takes all kinds. Takes you know? all kinds, you know. Um, but, like, you know, uh, I remember three years ago, Hempfest, I was just there, like, just DJing, like, on a tent. Like, my homie has, like, a little brand or whatever, and yeah. I was just throwing a set with my other homie, whatever. And so, obviously, like. I think that was I the year I was DJing there, too. It was the Red Man Method, Method Man year. Oh, fuck. I don't know. I, I can't that was the year I, I just I used to you know it's so funny I can't remember but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I obviously you know being there all day like 
I had edibles and whatnot. Yeah, I, was, I was just I was just hanging and, and we go to like uh and I was playing out of spot in Back Bay that night and so obviously in between we just had dinner in downtown, blah 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 blah. And I was like, no, like this is gonna wear off, you know, by ten, eleven. Like, no, fine. no. Yo, it was famous last words always. Oh my god. And that's not gonna kick in. And I'm not a bear, I don't feel bear, it. I'm not a very anxious person at all. Oh. And and I was like, my boys were like, yo, it's fucking lit, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, I'm like, everyone hates me. Like, no one's oh, that's vibing. The worst. That's like, the worst. Like, and they were like, dude, like, it's like literally a movie out here. Like, and I'm like, You're fine. I feel horrible. I, I was like, I, I don't, I need this to end. Like, yeah. I, and edibles are then, different though. See, I won't, I won't then, fuck around with the edible when I have to work. Smoking is a very more, much more controlled experience. <laughs> ever me, since then, I will never do anything. Hell no. Regarding marijuana I, before shoot. DJ said. Because I felt, like, I literally felt. Like not I've fun. Like been it's not there. fun. I would not want to feel that way either. Yeah. I. Yeah. But edibles are. That's a that's a whole other animal. You're really you're really throwing caution to the wind. You don't know what's gonna happen. That shit could kick in, be done in an hour. You're in it for ten. Because I because I had heard of people who like they're like oh yeah I get high as fuck for my sets and like I, yeah, I ride smoke. And like, I don't take edibles. For, yeah. That's that's I can't do. That. I mean that's that's just the inexperienced part of me. Like I mean, I mean some people can just chow them down and be fine. I don't trust it. I that's something I have to do when I'm like alone, at home and are like not not working. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, it also it depends because some sets I I don't do anything. I won't drink or smoke. It just yeah, really yeah, depends. Yeah. Like I've had like big big sets where I'll be opening for like I don't know. Like I opened for a track before and like oh! uh, and like James, where was that? Um, at Paradise, and that was a sold out night. And I was opening for him and Salva. So yeah, oh, it you was. Gotta be on point. I was, yeah, and there was no, and I was nervous. I was super nervous. It was the first time I'd been nervous in a while. Yeah, and it felt good to be nervous, first of all. But if I mix that nervousness with that weed, mm. you know, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a <laughs> bad time for me. That, that's the interesting <laughs> thing about it because I've had gigs where I'm like, nah, like I can't let anything like, yeah, cla- but, like, and and, and are, there there are nights where I'm like, I'm arguably way better because I'm fucking wasted yeah like, you know yeah. what i mean you, but, so you feel comfortable you're just yeah you're, yeah you're in like, the, you're in the we, pocket we want to take risks and yeah but there's some nights where it's just like you know that's not going to be okay yeah, yeah i yeah. totally yeah there's just but but, but then i'm depends. like but then i'm like mate will i do better if i'm just a little loose like you know and, and that then i start stressing myself out if i then, question it i just say no yeah, yeah if yeah. i'm if i know i know when i'm gonna be okay to like get a little loose yeah, yeah. i never get drunk and i have before and it's i don't i don't like it but like I can say, like I've probably only gotten like too drunk during a DJ set, maybe two times in my entire. Wow. Like I can't. I know myself, so mm. I'm not gonna try it. Mm. But with weed, it's different. It just depends on the event. If it's like if I'm running beats for an artist, and I, if I'm not like don't have like a an already established set with them, no smoking. I want to be. That's their thing. Yeah, yeah. Or if I'm DJing a wedding. Oh yeah. Totally yeah, yeah. sober. Yeah, but yeah. like you know, if I'm at my spot, I'm having a sex or whatever. Like I'm probably blasted super high. <laughs> like, but I know myself. I know what I can do and what I can't do at this point. Yeah. But yeah, yeah there's definitely moments that I'm just like, I'm, yeah. I have to be sober. Yeah. I never really get that drunk. I like have my beers and my little cocktails here and there. But yeah. I keep it. I know myself. I gotta keep it hundred. I gotta yeah. be an adult. People, people <laughs> always ask me like how I do it, and I'm like, yo, when you do think something a million times, like, yeah, you can pretty much have, like, like do it behind your back. Yeah. And Eyes closed. My my uh. Dominican ass barber cuts my hair fucking wasted. Yeah. <laughs> like, and you just you don't even think about it. Yeah, because he does He's it so a million times like, and he does it like now like I remember uh there's one time he wasn't drinking and I was like, Yo, are you good? Like are you gonna be able to cut my hair right? Because usually you okay, you're, bro? usually you're like you slamming to, uh, down coronas and like, like <laughs> um and it's just like I'm you got like, the shakes or anything? Let me see your hand. Yeah, I'm like I'm like <laughs> I feel like you're not as steady as you usually are. 
Oh, God. I know some people that used to get wrecked. <laughs> I know some people that used to get so wrecked that they're sober now. Like, I know a lot of sober yeah, DJs. Yeah. And, I, and I'll give it to those people because I never really noticed when they were supposedly super wrecked. But, like, they would tell me, like, stories after the fact about, like, yo, like, I remember that night, mm-hmm. but I don't remember anything. I just know that I was there. Yeah. And I'm like, you don't remember anything that you did that night? Nope. Nothing. I'm like, you played flawlessly. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I will play technically fine if I'm drunk. There will be nothing wrong with what I'm doing. Right. The songs that I'm picking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will start dipping into like, yeah, I just want to hear like <laughs> 93 to infinity and to Lucini right now. I'm going to make it happen. Fuck you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, um, I did, um, fucking, um, the last, uh, new, you were there, the, uh, so high New Year's Eve 20, going into 2020. Whew. What little did oh. we know then? Oh. Um, <laughs> but I obviously like all my peoples were there. It was fucking New Year's Eve. I got fucking wasted. Yeah. And I remember, you know, you know how New Year's Eve parties are. It's like by like one, mm-hmm. it starts clearing out yeah. because everyone got wasted by nine. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I remember like there was a point where I just go, I'm a huge Kanye West fan. Yeah. And, and there was a point where I was like, literally my best friends here who are also Kanye West fans. <laughs> and it's me. The last hour. I already see I where played this is going. <laughs> nothing. But like. The longest Kanye medley ever. Like it was like, like. And obviously it was like the older stuff because I was like good Kanye. So it was just like <laughs> stuff that doesn't really like, it's not really party music, but it's like it's great good. music. It's great, but not maybe not and I, and, and I remember just being like, fuck this. I'm playing flashing lights three times in a row At right least you now. waited like, till the end of the night. Because I, I, was, I was like, everyone's fucking leaving anyway. Yeah, I was fuck fucking it. wasted. Like, and, I, and, I, and, it was, and it was one of those things where like it was just me and my peoples and yeah. we loved it. And at the like, time it was the best idea ever. Best idea ever. People, we still talk about it, and like it's the. But at the very least, you waited until the end, so you weren't <laughs> you weren't completely incoherent. <laughs> no, it was it was it was. I, I at least remember that I did. I it. I love those moments when it's like you yeah. knew you were only playing for you and your friends. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. There was the point where I just like, shut off the the DJ part and was just like, "This you is." You throw my on moment. a mixtape from like 1996 <laughs> that only the four people that are yeah, your friends yeah, in the yeah. room will understand, yeah, and yeah. it makes no sense to anyone. And I usually try to be good about. Playing to the crowd, but at that point I shut it off. I was like, New Year's Eve. Little did I know. Oh. Like, going into the worst year ever. <laughs> I always think about that. Like, oh my God. I had no idea. This I, time last year. Oh, it's so triggering. I'm like, I don't feel good. Yeah. It's because I'm like waiting for my whole life to collapse again in one day, March fifteenth. Yeah, I I I I'm getting the uh the like the Snapchat and Instagram memories and stuff of like the literally the last like at this point, like uh, three to three to four gigs even, that I, I had before, and I'm just like, little did oh, I know. It's like all these last gigs. I remember, yeah. like, this was about the last crowds thing I did at at Foundation Room was in February. We didn't even make it. It canceled on us for March just to be safe. And they were like, you know, wow. and I was like, all right, whatever. And then two days later, March 15th rolls around, and that that just that it shut everything e- down. And also, I lost every gig. From then until into 2021, into yeah, almost yeah. into 2022, because I had weddings like drop out. And I'd never seen anything like that, obviously, in my life. And I, I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> this is different. I'm yeah. still going to be, I don't know. I was holding on to hope like real hard. And then yeah. I just, you know, settled into reality, what we are, where, yeah, we, where yeah, we're yeah. at now. But um, yeah, that was wild. I, We'll never forget that. And it is weird to have it come back around because it is like rather unsettling to think about this time last year and like what yeah. we were going through. Yeah. And like 
And we we're all pretty like naive in a sense. Yeah, because I didn't yeah. think this was serious. I was not taking this seriously for the first part of this. I was like, oh, Corona cold, um, uh, <laughs> flatten the curve. Uh, like, I, I, I was so naive. I thought this was, yeah. and I'm like, you know, obviously, I once I realized the yeah. severity of the situation, my tone changed 100. But yeah. wow, I went from like being everybody, I think, kind of felt like this isn't going to be like a thing to a year later. We're like still trying to figure out what's gonna happen next. So yeah, I'm just like I already like got another job, so I'm like I'm not gonna 100 percent rely on DJing anymore. But um, I can't wait to get back to it because it can't really wait. is like just talking about this is like, and, and that's a big reason why we're here. You know, what yeah. I mean? just, it's like, nice to commiserate it, with the comrades. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just trying to keep <laughs> industry really, alive and the conversation good. alive. It yeah, yeah. Like me and Carrie, we live down the street from each other and we practice like that's awesome. almost once a week usually and honestly like those like little practice sessions have kept me like yeah sane even just yeah. like when i play it like at home myself it's awesome but like still like just being able to like hang out with another dj and like practice and like do things that were i don't even know just like hanging out and talking there's nerdy dj shit. yeah just it really like made a huge difference so i hope yeah. My hope is that everybody else has that too. Cause yeah. like once I started to practice, I was like, Oh, at least I have this. Like, yeah. Just getting back to basics. It's yeah. It's been kind of good, but I'm definitely like, I think we're all like, we're ready. Yeah. yeah. Like, shoot me up. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm trying to get vaccinated. Get ASAP. Me, I don't care. <laughs> I'll be sick for a couple of days. <laughs> What's so, is there anything coming up for you? Um, I have, um, a set at the ICA. They do their brunch, sessions um so that's on site no 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 which is even better i can just wake up and be in my bedroom <laughs> or wherever i want to shoot from um but yeah they um i believe they hosted braun and ever ready for the last one yeah yeah and then I, I they, think I saw that. yeah it was tight and they reached out to me and um i've done a bunch of work with them in the past they're always great and i love a brunch party so i was like yeah so i believe that it's from like 11 or 12 until, you know, honestly, I should know more about my own <laughs> life, but it's been a while. So, <laughs> um, and yeah, that's on it's IG? Like, IG Live? um, it's on their, I think it's on their Facebook or Instagram. I don't know. It'll, you know what? Just follow me on Instagram. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. Um, I will be on the Instagram of of the ICA on March 14th from 11 to like four o'clock. And it's being sponsored by the Dalton four seasons, Dope. which I'm like, can I go stay? Can I go <laughs> yeah. broadcast from there? Right, right, you right. Know, <laughs> I like nice things. <laughs> 11 to four. That's pretty, I think it's like 11 to four, 12 to four. It's, that's br fire. it's brunch. And so it's yeah, yeah, at yeah. least three hours of me doing whatever oh, shit, I want. That's fire. And, um, yeah. And they have like a uh, different, like local restaurant, I think sponsor it. So it's whatever that, um, I don't, not Zuma, but whatever. You know, I should really know more about this. <laughs> I sound like such an ass right now. I guess like this is, I am it's so, been a while. It's right? Been a while. I'm rusty. I usually know all these things. But yeah, whatever. Just follow me on Instagram. Yeah, Le where Duke, can they find you? Laduke one up, L D U K E, the number one up, and we can like post that or whatever. And that's where yeah. you can just find all my things. I'm not really doing much right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I usually have so much more to talk about as far as my gigs go, but yeah, that's the only thing I have that's like a... Don't worry, but we're on the same boat. Oh, uh, soon, man. Yeah, One yeah. of these days, it's going to get back and it's going to be great, and maybe we can play together and that'll Yo, be really fun. Yo, we gotta. I mean, I mean, I'm one of the big things I want to do with like when we get back out there is like, like focus more on like... Utilize the event, all like, these new friendships. Well, yeah, I mean, but just focus kind of on the like the party that I was picking up and yeah. like and like and i just want to like 
fuck like I, I had my club run and like mm. now I'm like you know and I'll take a few of them here and there but like I think I just want to focus on my thing now yeah and, like, absolutely and like gotta get you on now and well like, I love that journey for us yeah, then yeah you know <laughs> it, it all gotta start somewhere and through a good conversation yeah way. this was great I had a really good time so yeah no I really, really you appreciate you yeah absolutely really appreciate you coming and like this was a pretty organic, like like I said, like this is the first time we ever met. Yeah. And when we just started chatting, it was like we could have just been sitting in a coffee shop right now and recorded and that, all that. And, that, and that's the and that's the best part and of it. It's um, very genuine. I appreciate yeah, that. Absolutely. I like when things aren't like super like I appreciate organization on any level, but when it's like this type of thing, I'm way more awkward awkward once you start giving me too much direction. Yeah. I'm like an improv artist. Like I have to just like yeah, we, we just try let and keep, me be weird. Yeah, we try and keep the conversation pretty casual. Like, I mean, you do a great job. Like, organization-wise, producers, shout out, to hey. entertainment. You know, they do everything on the back end to make sure everything <laughs> is super organized. But like, once we get like, once I do the intro and stuff, I'm like, yeah, this was great. You know I mean, no Appreciate silence it. or anything. Like, you know, you know, the we were chatty, chatty. I yeah, love it. I love it. Yeah. And so, anything else you want to shout out? Um, because. just shout out all the DJs and everybody in the industry and just um. I see you and I miss all of you and I can't wait till we get back to some sort of the new normal and I uh, can't wait to see everybody and, you know, stay up. Very well said. Yeah. As always, follow Dope Entertainment official on Instagram. Please follow at But I Know The DJ. Follow me at Gimme Snacks and more content on the way. It never ends. And we'll see you guys soon. Yay.